0: I have a question for you. If you weren't in a relationship, would you still like eating wonton noodles?
1: What kind of question is that? Um... (laughs) Is that Was that in a line In the In the Royal Warriors I
0: don't yep, remember that it was, um, Oh do you not remember Oh god damn it This joke doesn't work at all Okay well Let's, let's start the episode <laughs> That's fine That's fine um, Yeah I
1: think I would Definitely There's no no reason I would the just most start, re- stop eating One's okay. and noodles
0: No there's no, there's actually No relation whatsoever And you know what I'm not even going to Explain it Just like Michael Wong Did in a, in the Royal Warriors there's, so. there's
1: a lot of things That don't deserve To be explained This particularly <laughs> related To Michael Wong
0: Yeah Oh god Yes, yes. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> welcome everyone to another episode of Hong Kong Gore uh, with me, Bibi Hui, and with. Oh, oh, oh. exactly. Um, before we get to the main topic, uh, we've actually spoken about this briefly uh, prior to the recording, but you went off and saw John Wick 4.
1: Yes, I did. Yes, I did uh i must admit that and uh it was great it was really fun um it really felt like a um a basically watching a video game where you have like an intro like a cutscene, and then a level and then they move to a different level and then there's another action scene so it's not very plot heavy to say the least um yeah but it's a good conclusion to the, the john wick saga so i enjoyed it but obviously one of our actors uh, tonight is is also in this movie. Yes, uh, so uh Yuki Sanada is yeah. in this one. Um, in the Blu-ray for Eureka, they actually give him. Uh, so he's been in the Twilight Samurai and Avengers Endgame. And I'm like, yeah, but he's also in Ring. <laughs> like, yeah, he
0: was also in the Ring. Yeah, he was also. He's, um, he's, in, I mean, he's he's been,
1: been in tons all... of stuff.
0: Yeah, he was like back in the day before he became like a quote unquote serious actor he was kind of a heartthrob in japan you know and then he got well, we an, an action heartthrob oh yeah absolutely a gorgeous man <laughs> you know yeah easy um, <laughs> easy uh, but yeah but then he beca- as he got older you know he became like a, a generally serious actor he actually moved away from that action sort of heartthrob icon and became a serious actor and you know and did it very well you know compared- <laughs> because most actors have a a difficult type transitioning to that sort of type of role, you know. So,
1: yeah, he does a really good job. We'll talk about it a lot more, uh, obviously, when we talk about the movie per se. Cool. But yeah, 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 so yeah, he's really good, yeah, uh, for the little he has to do in, in John Wick 4. He's, mm-hmm. he's perfectly fine, and um, yeah, the overall movie is quite good. A lot of video game stuff, uh, overall. yeah. I heard
0: that, um, there were a couple of of P- uh, critics who said, "Yeah, it is very much like a video game," but it's it's they say it as if it was like a, a criticism of of some well, sort.
1: I would say I can see that, but it's also just so enjoyable that yeah. I mean, it's also the the saga has not really made it, um, like it made it a staple of of. The, let me rephrase that. Um, John, you go see a John Wick movie only for the action. Yes, like you don't go see *The movie for the plot. Sure, yeah. you care for the character a little bit, yeah.
0: but it has a very good lore around it, and it has a very absolutely in yeah. uh, an interesting sort of universe or sub-community within the sort of narrative of the film. But you know, in, in terms of actually like plots as they go, it's very much, you know. It's golf. very. It's, yeah, it's Keanu it's Reeves very, killing it a, a kid, lot of people. Exactly, yeah. it's the Keanu Reeves
1: show. Yeah, um, yeah. and um, yeah, he does a really good job again. Um, can see he really enjoys doing that stuff. He's dedicated. Uh, yeah. I think that's that's the least thing you can do about. Can uh, say about uh, Keanu Reeves, he's
0: dedicated. Do you want to go into spoiler territory? I, I mean, I haven't seen it, but I have heard. I mean, I uh, know uh, uh, or would you? Uh, Actually, you I know what? I don't think if... there's much
1: to spoil, really. And oh, okay, um then. Yeah, like, in the sense, the plot is what it is. And after yeah. that, yeah, sure, there's different scenes you can talk about, like, when they're on the staircase. Yeah. Or, um, what else? Um... Oh, yeah, and the particular scene that basically is exactly like Hotline Miami. Yeah, uh, I remember you mentioned it shot that. And shot I was, from above, yeah. Yeah,
0: I remember you mentioned that. I was like, oh, that's a very sort of interesting um, sort of cinematography sort yeah. of choice in shooting it's action. It's a very good
1: idea. It reminded me also of something that was done very recently uh, in Malignant. Uh, so oh, a, okay. a very fun but terrible movie. Yeah. Um, <laughs> What happens, it's terrible, <laughs> like it's terrible. The plot makes no sense, which sure. is, it's hilarious. Yeah. And what happens during the movie is that uh, James Wan, being James Wan, he really likes the tech stuff and he's a really good director, I would say. And yeah. at some point, the character, the main character, she starts running in the house and you can see her running through the house and escaping whatever she's afraid of mm-hmm. through, well, from above. So you can see her running from the different rooms, just like you do in the scene in John Wick and in Hotline Miami. So that kind of stuff, which is very much like a um, you know an old school video game stuff, Um, like the first Metal Gear Solid, I think. Oh, okay,
0: then interesting. That
1: that kind of view, and I thought, like, oh, you know what? That's you know in this whole movie that is completely ridiculous. It's an interesting scene. It's an interesting way to shoot that scene. And uh, I wonder if they saw that and thought like, wait, we could do this in our own movie. Yeah. Or just they thought, well, let's do like kind of even continue with the video game stuff and, and mm. do like, you know, that kind of viewpoint. Um, but it's either way, it's a really, really good. Well, and also because it's shot from above, there's no cuts. So it's yes. technically a like long shot. A, yeah it's a long yeah. shot oh, um, okay, so i yeah. don't know how real it is of a long shot because nowadays you can make you know swift edits and, and all yeah. this, But it, it does look very impressive and okay. it's very long so for what it is it's you know even if it's not long shot like you know in hard Boiled for example where they yeah. really set up everything oh, yeah, yeah, you're yeah, like yeah, absolutely. jesus christ uh it's amazing but it's like, striving
0: it's- for that Sort of like technical, uh, sort of uh, uh, quality, if you will. So, yeah. Exactly. Okay. How would you uh, rate that film compared with the uh, previous three films? Where where Mm. does this go in, like, if you were to, like, rank them, you know?
1: Okay. So, that's really hard. I'd say, I will honestly, because of Death by Book, uh, I would put number three in number one. Nice. I would put maybe. Maybe I would put, yeah, I'd, I'd say three, two, four, one. The first one being very enjoyable, but yeah. it, it's almost like a different movie because they didn't introduce any of the lore. It was just yeah. kind of a standalone movie. Yeah. So in a way, it's more of a trilogy when you start from two, three, four. Yeah, yeah. Then that's when although, they expand the world. I mean, there are yeah. ele- there
0: are it's, there are elements of that world and the rules in the first film, but that wasn't really. It was really just. That's that's the sandbox we're gonna play with. Yeah, you know, it's kind of
1: very implied uh, yeah. that oh, this guy is legendary, yeah. and then there's kind of a role to this, but you don't you don't necessarily need to expand on it. And yeah. it's when the second one you know he shows up, and then. Yeah. You know, it's, it's like a, ca- a cardboard ticket where yeah. you're like, hey, his wife died and he's angry and he's killing yeah. people. That That is it. <laughs> That's the plot you need to, to know when you get in the second uh, one. So.
0: The, the first film, I, I think the filmmakers actually um, uh, addressed this in, in that its final, its third act was um i wouldn't say a letdown but it, it didn't live up to what or to like the previous two acts and that was largely because they just ran out of money so they they, cl- they had a they clearly had a big idea for the final act but they ran out of money so it kind of like ended on not necessarily a damper but it was kind of like a, a notch below what came previously yeah. so
1: whereas the the other ones do definitely like there's good build-ups and i'd yeah. say the fourth one has definitely a nice build-up yeah um and the drama at the end is, is decently written and, and pretty well acted. So, yeah, it's a, it's a fine movie. It's a fine okay. action movie for what it is.
0: Okay. Well, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I'm, I'm going to hopefully see it sometime during my week off. So, <laughs> yeah. Enjoy. Uh, I- yeah, definitely. Um, well, you know, I haven't really been watching a lot of stuff. I'm going to be watching st- stuff this week, but I've been mostly reading manga. And one of the mangas I've been reading is called rooster fighter by shu sakura and <laughs> it's it's like the weirdest mangas i've read i I'm, I'm kind of like i i'm very selective of like the mangas and anime i you know in japanese anime um i'm very selective of what i actually watch and read because you know i'm not it's most of it's just waifu waifu bullshit really and it's like it doesn't interest me at all but this kind of like caught my attention because the premise is is basically japan is overtaken by these giant demonic monsters kind of like kaiju Uh, in fact they have similar their similarities to like the the titans in attack on titans in that they're like humanoid but they, they have like human uh, qualities but they're kind of deformed and have like some of them have like six arms some of them have like six heads okay, and yeah. all that stuff. Yeah it's very like it's very much of that ilk. And so it's overtake Japan is overtaken by these demons and the the only one defending them is this <laughs> rooster <laughs> called Keiji. <laughs> and <laughs> does he speak? Very, he speaks. He speaks. The, it's, so it's very sort of like a
1: gun the dinosaur situation
0: where it's no, like- no 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 it, it's a lit- it's literally a rooster who he basically communicates with un- other animals but the idea is that they can't communicate with humans in fact there is actually a plot point where one of the characters who's also who's actually a hen a li- her name's elizabeth uh, who's is, i will explain it's kg's old flame she communicates through with humans but through uh the through a smartphone so whenever she <laughs> needs to speak, she uses a smartphone to actually communicate with humans it's it's very weird it's very funny but the whole premise is the character the 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 whole sort of like the the it posits as a character that it's very it's a very old fashioned sort of story and narrative into ter- and its characters because keiji the main character is is very much the strong, silent, stoic warrior that wanders right. through like the landscape, kind of so like, like Kenshiro. Fistle, yeah, exactly. Yeah, Kenshiro from Fist of the North Star, yeah, yeah. Star, or Agami Ito in Lone Wolf of Cub. He's very much of cut from the same cloth. So he's very like masculine stoic, um, and a lot of the comedy comes from the fact that it, because he it is it's basically a chicken acting that way. So you know he fights demons. He You know, um, spends has somewhat these weird sexual encounters with other hens. In fact, there are a few panels of sex scenes where he's boinking other hens. It's really, it's that's where the comedy (laughs) comes out. Um, And you know, it's so it's it's very traditional in that sense. And because that that and that's where the comedy comes out of. It's like it's because you know we see that type of character, but with this sort of weird animal. It also. I don't know if it's intentional or not from the author, but it kind of also subverts that hyper masculine hero that we see in, right. in the 70s and 80s. Because throughout the actual story, there are moments where that stoic persona actually breaks. And we actually see KG for who he really is, which is kind of an asshole someone right. who's like obsessed with food and a bit sex starved. And how he treats like women is actually quite bad you know we, you know there's actually a scene where he like after a night a night of passion with like a hen he literally walks off and the hen was like where are you going and it was like you know i'm you know i i'm not the type of guy that actually you know six to one plays i have to like wander the earth and i was like but what about me you know what what about our you know the night of passion. I thought we, you know, we had something. Had there. something and he, yeah. yeah, exactly. And the KG just literally responds with, "I just gave in to my animal instincts and just literally <laughs> <laughs> and just runs off." And, and it's like, okay, so he's like, he's, he's definitely playing up that hyper masculine hero. But you find that when he, you know, when he actually does feel like, oh, you know, I want a night of passion himself, he returns to like, you know, he returns to the hen who had like who he pretty much abandoned and finds that, you know, she moved on with another rooster. And exactly. it's kind of and you see the the expression the on his face. Yeah. The disappointment. But but to the point where he does actually display certain behavior that's akin to like incels. Because he's fake you oh, could tell from it. Yeah, I know he could tell from his face where he's like, oh what a slut kind of thing. And I'm like, right. what the hell is this? And it's like it's it's very much subverting that whole hyper masculine sort of hero and actually just like breaking that sort of archetype down to the archetype down and like showing like audiences that actually this archetype is really unhealthy and you can tell where even though we're following this character we're also the the author reminds us that the, he's kind of an arsehole, guys. I right. like you to I'd like you to remind you of that. So I don't know if that's intentional, but I have to say it's kind of smartly done, even in some way, shape, or form, that it calls out on that particular archetype. Okay. Um, it's very; fu- it is weirdly funny for those reasons. And there are other aspects about it, you know, that I really enjoy, and and I, I also love the artwork because the author has a way of actually drawing these expressions on these animals that are quite that are quite human
1: yeah it's not it's not necessarily it's, easy to it's make it's not easy it's not easy make to, yeah, on animals the, you know with the animals,
0: without, yeah. you, the only way you can actually really do that is really animate them like really draw them in such a hyper stylized animated style but for the most part the animals we actually look at they're actually fairly realistic in its depiction and how he how the author um draws these uh animals but able to sort of display the right emotions that hits certain character beats and comedic beats that is actually even just as important even probably more important was actually like i was surprised how well done it is you know kind of thing so i don't know I, I I think I've spoken about this with you prior to the rec- this recording. I, I I recommend it. You know, yeah, you know, it sounds pretty yeah. good. I'll
1: definitely give it a shot.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I read the first two volumes and just had a. I, I was like, I re- I was reading on the train, and you know, when I saw like when, when I I was laughing a little too loud, but also I was a bit like, oh shit, there's actually like sexies between. Chickens, you know?
1: yeah, but it's it's less. To be, yeah, to be, yeah, I don't think anybody will be offended. No, 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 like, no it's no, less no, suggestive. With, yeah. With chickens. I
0: mean, yeah, exactly. It's like, but also, you gotta say, a, you gotta say. I mean, no one will uh, like. No one will actually like raise an eyebrow. But if you look at the paddles, it does look like. Oh god. <laughs> this, yeah,
1: okay. this is okay. This this sounds very funny.
0: It, it is very funny, and it's a you know, like I said, it's very well done. I don't, in terms of it subverting that sort of hyper masculine and sort of action hero our archetype. So yeah, go yeah, I I do recommend it. So yeah,
1: I will recommend also that there is a video game, uh, Hokuto no Ken, so Fist of the North Star, uh, video game that just came out uh, to oh. practice. Yeah, it's a fitness game. Um, what are you serious? Yeah, it is a fitness game. So you do like kind of like boxing movements uh, with your with some Wii. Uh, sorry, it's not on Wii. Sorry, it's it's on the Switch, obviously. And then you you do movements like you know, right, right arm, left arm, oh right my arm, God. left arm, that kind of stuff. It looks very fun.
0: It looks oh. very fun.
1: There's music from the show. Oh uh, wow. They have like there's I think there's an English dub because there's there's a French dub. Uh because oh, they went nice. to the extent of having like actors, <laughs> French actors do yeah, the yeah, yeah, version. Yeah. I mean, there's obviously a huge market for that in, in France. Yeah. Uh, Fist of the North Star was a cult classic for a lot of people, despite being being so heavy, heavily censored um, that you barely it barely made any sense. <laughs> and they changed. That's the thing, like for people who are English was listening and don't know about the French dub of Fist of the North Star. It's it's quite amazing. I rewatched the clip today because I was watching a playthrough of that right. uh, of the fitness game, and the, the moment where um, the Kinshiro's partner uh, when she she commits suicide in the anime because it, it was part of a kids kids uh, morning show, they couldn't say like oh she committed suicide. So instead they dubbed it as, oh my god, um the railing, they weren't finished to to be to, to be put in place. And they're like <laughs> she fell. <laughs> and then you have the shot of Shin being very sad and he goes, Oh my god, find me the oh. architect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh my god He goes for oh, Find me the architect. Uh, so like,
0: suicide is a big no no in French television.
1: Well, for kids, this for kids. is definitely I mean, it was part of a kids show. Yeah, when you
0: mentioned that, I was a bit like, you know, never mind suicide. This is like Fist of the North Star where heads explode. What are you talking about? Yes,
1: the heads were still exploding in a certain way. That caused quite a stir at the time and Uh, that that particular show in difficulties. But then they were also airing, um, you know, Dragon Ball Z for children, and that was also a problem. But from the moment on when uh, Japanese anime came on the screen, where the first one was. Um, so we thought about Grandizer so Goldorak in French yeah. um, it, it did that there was there is even a book from a very, I'll put hair quotes for a pediatrician mm. or, or psychologist for sorry, psychologist for children who wrote an entire book blaming it uh, or, or, um this particular anime uh, for childhood trauma for all kids, which is like completely ridiculous
0: uh, but yeah. it was kind of
1: a if it wasn't a bestseller, at least at least it sold a few copies. I even found a few copies at a library I worked at, much uh, yeah. like twenty years later. So I was like, oh wow, this they still had that, like they bought that at the time. So it, yeah. it was definitely in demand. But anyway, so there's the Fist of the North Star uh, fighting, uh, well, fitness this game. Is, this is a
0: re-release you mentioned, or was it? Because you said you it know, was I think released it's a new on Wii. release
1: uh, no 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 oh. sorry I, I was mistaken it, it was released on switch it's a new game apparently oh. it's a bestseller in japan it, it's working very well it's doing gangbusters and wow, i was yeah. writing so because i'm thinking of buying it it's oh I'll nice it back once i i play it but there's a the do... demo on the switch if you want to try yeah. it
0: yeah well, I, I, I don't have a switch but i yeah. know someone with the switch i would be interested to actually see it. I, you know what i there are there are certain fist in the north star games Um, from back in the 90s, particularly the sort of 2D fighting game that it was was released back in the 90s that I wish they would re-release because that looks absolutely mental. I don't know who did it. I wonder if it was either Arc System Works or Capcom. It's either one of the two, but there was a 2D fighting game from... Oh, are you looking at it right now?
1: No, 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 no. Just you mentioned Arc System Works. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'd say that's probably
0: decent. Yeah, yeah, because they're known to doing like these... Really good anime yeah. type fan- fighting games. But I would, yeah, I would love to actually, I would love them to, for someone to re release that because that it looks happen. absolutely mental. There's
1: still a market for, for, um, the North Star. There's even doing a new Kinikuman anime. Um, so,
0: yeah, yeah. So,
1: you know, the wrestling, uh, very old school, 40 years uh, <laughs> old, uh, um, wrestling manga. So, you know, that, that might still happen. Yeah. That was also released in France, by the way. We also got that. Uh, As an (laughs) anime, as a kid, like everything, everything went through. Let's begin, maybe? Yeah,
0: let's begin with the the main topic on hand Royal Warriors. Yes. uh, Released in 1986.
1: Um, And re released recently alongside Yes Madam by Eureka on the parade.
0: Yeah. So it's going to, I think that, to be honest, I think this may be a first for UK audiences because I don't think it was ever unless I'm wrong, I don't think it was ever released originally on VHS. Unless I'm really wrong about that. I do not know. Um because I know it was released around Europe under the title of uh Ultra Force and In the Lion Duty one. Confusing we mentioned this in first the first time part. ever
1: in UK. So that's what's mentioned in the uh on the Blu-ray. Oh and that's first case time then. ever in UK. So maybe elsewhere but at least in the uk it was yeah it, it seems like it is the first time they got it so
0: so uh, yeah um, and k
1: restoration apparently which i mean to be fair it, i forgot watching the movie that it was like an 1886 movie because sure you, you you can tell from the action the and everything but and the everything fashion, yeah. yeah everything else is like spot just perfectly crisp on the um, on the screen so uh. yeah it's a very good work
0: yeah, I, I I still have my old DVD, so I, I kind of looked at that. But I I I have to say I am quite jealous of you right now. So yeah, um, but yeah, a film uh, that was actually it, it obviously it was uh it was made and released in eighty six, a year after Yes, Madam. And obviously because of that success of that pre- previous film, this was actually Greenlight. and it was a very ambitious film in that it was it was um its incentive was to sort of conquer more of the international film market so it was you know the film was it doesn't emphasize on just hong kong style action but also uh gunplay pyrotechnics car chases oh my God, yes. yeah exactly it, there's so a re- much. it's a very it's a very in terms of its action um uh, in terms of its action sort of direction it's a very it's a very eclectic sort of action film in that it, it, it's trying to throw everything out to actually sort of appeal to, like, the widest demographic.
1: But it does it in, the more, in a more coherent way yeah. um, than Yes, Madam, um, yes. I'd say. Because it, Yes, Madam, we talked about it last time, yeah. switch from, like, some kind of more crime story to more comedic elements. Yeah, it's a then much more... And them in a clumsy way. Yeah, Whereas, with
0: his... This is a much more cohesive exactly. sort of like pro- project. There, there uh, are
1: problems with it, but it's definitely oh just stays on one on one lane, and it does it pretty well with all the problems that probably comes from a 1986 movie, yeah, or well, even the, a 2013, 2023 movie. Anyway,
0: yeah, and it was actually in collaboration because the fact that we have Hiroki Sonada or Henry Sonada, I'm going to call him Hiroki Sonada because you know. That's how I always known him as. Um he was uh basically the production went to sort of Sonny Chiba's production studio and that's and they kind of collaborated on that front. And that was the reason why Sonada was uh co-starred alongside right. Michelle Yeoh and Michael Wan. And it 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 definitely adds to that international appeal because it was the film the production company dmb they were like okay this isn't just for hong kong this is like for all of asia and japan was a really big market at that time as well so okay, obviously yeah. they wanted to incorporate more stars it's not unlike actually it's, you know what it's not unlike the film industry now like i, I think the mo- the example i can get off, off the top of my head you know that uh the return of Z- Zando cage that you know Vindy's film. so you know it, where it decided, okay, let's get Donnie Yen in to actually appeal to the Chinese market. And I think there was uh, a Bollywood actress who was trying to... uh, so they can actually appeal to the Indian market. And obviously Tony Jaa, the Thai market, and so on and so forth kind of thing. Yeah, so- absolutely.
1: There's even a French movie that came out um, a couple of years ago. there's a romantic movie that stars a French actor. And yeah. then that guy goes to Korea because he's talking on Instagram right. with a um, a Korean woman who's played by Donna Bey, um, oh, plays, okay. who speaks perfect French. Um, wow, she speaks okay. French at some point. And I was like, oh, okay, I didn't expect you knowing... <laughs> French that well, because I expected you to, you know, maybe speaks Korean or yeah. like there would be language difficulties, like there would be a plot point. Nope. She speaks perfect French. Wow. Um, so, I mean, she's great. Anyway, I really love her. That definitely she's helps. Just, yeah. yeah, fantastic actress anyway. And yeah, the movie's essentially like advertised that was created as a collaboration between France and uh, South Korea. Ah,
0: oh, okay. Then, well, There you go. Again, so that was definitely uh, Royal Warriors' sensation And the budget for this film was huge. Like, it actually... You you can see that on the screen. So, yeah, you can see that on the screen, but it cost 20 million Hong Kong dollars, which is kind of unheard of because that's, you know, Hong Kong, even like the bigger budget films, they, they try to keep like on a low keep it on a low budget Mm. Uh, I think 10 million would be considered a big budget film and all that stuff so it's like so for a a Hong Kong film like that in the 80s to actually cost 20 million Hong Kong dollars is like absolutely insane in fact I think um, if I was to get like an example um, Operation Condor off the top of my head apparently cost 40 million Hong Kong dollars which is absolutely insane and it did well enough in the Bruce Lee movie. movie That was that was a Jackie Chan movie. Oh, that's Operation a Jackie Chan movie. Sorry, yeah, uh, 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 um, And it was like that was in like 1991, and that film earned 30 million Hong Kong dollars, which is actually considered really good in the box office. But because it cost 40 million, they actually lost money. You know, kind okay, of, well, yeah. so that's like that's the scale we're actually looking at. So for this film to actually cost 20 million Hong Kong dollars is almost unheard of. It actually didn't do well it only cost it actually earned eight million hong kong dollars so it was considered a sort of box office flop and i think it kind of managed i wonder if it recouped its losses through the market beyond hong kong because it did had a uh an agreement with Toei. um is it toey yeah Toei company uh that they will be that that film will be screened in 160 screens in japan so and it probably recouped its losses through like the video market i don't know you know that's i I can you know i i I tried researching that and that's as far as i'm going i i I was kind of like i hit a wall on that end but yeah it didn't it didn't do well but it's still a great film, but I think in terms of its DMBs over incentive, it was. I guess it was like, oh, you know, let's stick to like the local market and just like you know, stick with like, I don't know, old form formulas in order to sort of
1: Oh, absolutely. And it it, yeah. it does it does it pretty well. Um so there's a few returning names still from Royal Warriors, despite the fact that this is supposed to be so in the line of duty. So, so this
0: this what yeah so this is like I, I, as previously stated in the yes madam episode um this was released as in the line duty one but it was only re- but it was only called that because when yes madam was eventually released in like. Uh, you know, beyond Hong Kong, it was released after um, Royal Warriors, so that's considered in the Lion Duty 2 which is really confusing. But with, in the age of the internet, I think the with the re-release of Eureka, they're actually stressing that no, yes, madam, they kind of He's the first one, yeah. yeah, yeah, they rebranded the film or you know subtly rebranded the film that yes, madam, is the first of the in the Lion Duty series, and Royal Warriors is now the second of the in the Lion Duty uh, series. Having said that, Michelle Yeoh plays a totally different character, like. Yeah. Yeah yeah her, her name's like her name even her name's different like it's like i think in the previous one it's it's she's only addressed uh, as inspector M. where i was here she's actually michelle yip yeah, in, <laughs> that's a character name. Yeah, there is
1: a very. There's, there's the lack of imagination for names. So because of Michael oh, Wong's character is it's called Michael. Michael Wong.
0: Haruki Sanada is the only character that has a totally different name. And I wonder if he's like, yeah, let's call you Sanada and Hiroki Sanada was like, no, no, no give me a different name. I'm an actor. Give me something to work yeah, with. Give me something. To, yeah, he doesn't
1: have much to work with. They, they, yeah. I mean, none of them do have much to work with, but sure, they, they yeah. do a decent job with it. Um. So it's directed by David Chung. Uh, yes. Who doesn't have much director credits? No, people, mostly he's the cinematographer.
0: Yeah, he 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 um, he only directed only a handful of films. Um, he then directed uh, the Magnificent Warriors, which was uh, Michelle Yeoh's third outing as an action hero, and that was kind of like an Indiana Jones or a female Indiana Jones type right. of film. Uh, good film, I like it. Uh, and then he he directed this really insane film called I Love Maria, which is basically hong kong's answer to like science fiction and it, it use it, it uses a lot of like um it was a really ambitious film in that it uses a lot of practical effects and like and like uh, and sort of like it, it, i think it has uh, its own sort of robot and androids. it's kind of like oh God. Yeah, it's a very—it's kind of like them trying to be like, oh, let's make our own Terminator film. Do you know what I mean? You know, right? But, okay. So, it, 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 but it's—it's it's a very wacky film. It has—he it has Tony Leung, you know, the guy who was in uh, Shang Chi, and uh, even has Choi Huck in it, I believe. I Jesus. Know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, so, he likes to be the Stooges in those. those he films. really, he really does. And um, I don't remember much of it. I just remember how. That shit insane, it is. Right. But yeah, but after that, he uh, he focused. Uh, David Chung only focused on cinematography, and you know, acted as a cinematographer for some of Hong Kong's most well-known films, like God of Gamblers and What's Upon a Time in China. Yeah, so, you so know, it's, it, it's, it's nothing to be sniffed at, you for know. sure.
1: But it shows, I think, in the movie because all the previous the previous one we talked about, so Yes Mad and Mad, yeah. more ambitious shots. When yeah. it comes to Aurora Warriors, it's much more low key. Like he's yeah. a competent. Um, man behind the camera, but he yeah. doesn't. He doesn't have really have a style. Um, no, and actually, I... one of the thing is that the second director on yes. this movie is Johnny to, who was just yeah. getting started. Yeah, um, and who does probably we can only presume because we don't really know which is shot. But yeah, I, there are scenes in this movie that shine a lot more. And when you see yeah. the name John two at the end, you're thinking, oh, well, I wonder who did those ones.
0: Yeah, no, there are definitely, they are, it, it, in many ways, if you look closely, it is somewhat of a disjointed experience because yeah, there, are, there, there are moments where it's like, I wonder who directed this sequence? Because so John Shum. Um, in fact, you know, John Sean, yes. he was one of the three stooges from Yes Manor. He acted as kind of like it's film sort of like supervisor slash kind of executive producer. So he did, John Sean did some, helped with the directing duties. Uh, oh. As, so as well, as I think Johnny Toe's is credited. Derek Yee, I don't know if you know that name, but he's an actor turned director. Uh, he's more of a director nowadays. Uh than an actor but he also helped out with the directing duties for this shoot and you know he's also very well known of doing like sort of these crime thrillers and um but recently he i think the most recent film he uh he directed was Swordmaster, which was a remake of a film that he actually starred in called (laughs) back in the Shaw brothers days so it's it's like yeah very impressive but yeah there are definitely um there are definitely moments in the film where i wonder there was like, oh, okay, that was clearly directed by like we can only speculate yes. by you know by just watching a film. But I believe let us say the 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 nightclub sequence, I believe that was directed by Johnny Toe. There are just so many <laughs> elements about that that I feel like that was just there's Johnny Toeisms that I recognize. Purely based yeah, on the fact of what I've actually seen of like his later, like, sort of more signature films, like *The Mission* and Exile yeah. and, uh, and it is and one of the best scenes. So, I is. mean, we'll to talk about it a bit
1: more. Yeah, definitely.
0: Yeah, but yeah, it's, yeah, but, but yeah, it's um, def yeah, um, but yeah, it's um, it's definitely a a very interesting film, and there I think I, I there are also elements. I think we talked about this, um, like even like some of the portrayal of the villains, like Lam Y. I wonder if there was actually more to their stories that got cut out because there are certain like scenes where I'm like, mm, they, you know, it felt like there should have been more. Do you know what I mean? There's a
1: bit more. Yeah, because the way they're introduced, the, the, basically at the beginning, yeah. the people who are the antagonists are kind of Randall's, um hijackers. And then one... Well, they're not
0: yeah one was a hijacker so let, let's let, i think we might as well move on before yes, move into for sure. like the actual main plot of, uh, of the film so uh, the opening of the film um actually well, i was going to talk about the plane sequence but the, the opening really set it is really the documentary footage of michelle Yeoh on holiday in japan
1: <laughs> oh is it really a documentary because re- i don't know it's- it looked
0: like it It really looks like it i don't know yeah, I, don't I can know about- imagine
1: it is because like you have like a lot of pop culture thing and she's dressed yeah. throughout the movie like spectacularly well like oh, every yeah, yeah. outfit she wears during this thing yeah. every inch of makeup and like, touches of makeup is amazing yeah. so she's, she's-, probably,
0: she's probably like at her most stylish compared to, oh, like, quick. Yes Madam, I would say. Yeah, you know. like any
1: occasion she has, any scene she has, even if it's a scene where she's supposed to be, like, more dramatic and she yeah. could be wearing something else, she's like, no, 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 I'm, I'm on top form. Yeah, yeah. This, this outfit is going to just blow you away, and it's, it is amazing. And she, she plays super well, so it's really never a problem. No. Uh, like, yeah. it never contradicts or anything or seems weird. She's just yeah. amazing. So there's that. But, yeah, at the beginning, it definitely looks like... Hmm. like you would think like you would shoot on your holiday um yeah. and actually i would even argue that the intro to this would have suited yes madam a lot better because oh interesting because it, it would have suited more of a tone of like oh it's a you know it's a oh, light yeah you're film. right
0: it is very light-hearted isn't it yeah, yeah and yeah. the fight
1: scene at the beginning she's amazing she's much more confident than in yes madam on the other hand oh like, yeah the absolutely, kicks yeah, yeah. are just superb but After that, the movie switches from a completely different tone, and when you think of Yes Madam, the beginning is a very, like, dirty, hairy thing, where she's, like, stopping this burly guy, and then after that, arresting them, like, very super, like, big action scene. So, I would have reversed both, if, you know, if that would have been possible, but... Doesn't matter. the scene is gray. You can see the on the ground the mats, like the gray mats when <laughs> they when they fight. It's kind of yeah. it's, it's a bit it- visible it's a Um, bit but
0: it's it's understandable it's a safety precaution come on you know absolutely yeah 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 which
1: is really funny when you think of the rest of the movie where the safety precautions are completely (laughs) thrown out out of the window (laughs) like and in many occasions yeah literally because like you're you're watching this thinking oh they've put the mats it's nice and then throughout the movie you're thinking where are we are the mats. Shouldn't well, be mats? Yeah, have you right, all... mats?
0: No, no, no. no let, let's just move on. Let's move on. There's no rhyme or reason. There's kind of like, well, we you know we had mats when we were in Japan, but we don't have it with us today, so you just have to live with it.
1: Yeah, you'll just be thrown against the against the uh, the, the cockpit for no reason. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so yeah, after that they move. Uh, the action move to the airport and yeah. the airplane. Which is the most massive airplane Yeah, the most roomy is. airplane you can Never see. Find. If airplanes like, were like this, I would take the airplane much more frequently. Like, yeah, it's oh, not...
0: Uh, it's not. For, it, I, this is way beyond first class. Oh, yeah, <laughs> completely. I yeah,
1: was thinking, watching this, being like, wait, have I ever been in an airplane that's like this? Or is this like, yeah, it's certain, very expensive, so I might be betraying the fact that I'm just poor and I can't <laughs> afford to go into those things and never spend the money because, oh, God. my God, it's huge. And also... In a way, I was thinking about that while writing my notes. This is a bigger airplane than in the movie airplane, which is supposed <laughs> to be a comedic airplane. And you yeah. look at this thinking, like, there's so much space on top. They never tried, they didn't try to recreate There's an two airplane. levels.
0: There's two yeah. levels. What's going oh, on? I was like, I, I've never been on a plane where there's actually two levels. Like, there are actually stairs that go up or down. Never in my life. What kind of, this isn't easy, Jet. This is, or whatever. <laughs> You and know, for
1: the purpose of the scene, the, you would have thought that whoever wrote the script, so in, in that case, that's uh, Kan chang Song. who worked a lot with uh, Stephen Chow in some yeah. remarkable moments. But when he wrote that script, you would think that he probably thought, well, you know, it's going to be an airplane, so it's very tight and it's difficult to move. And yeah. instead, they just went, nah, liberty of movement <laughs> is very important in an airplane. Arguably... Or an airplane scene, so let's do this.
0: Yeah, arguably the most unrealistic scene out of the whole film based on the fact that it's like there's just so many things that you got like i there are so many things that actually happen in this in this sequence that i literally went away and did some research in terms of like how how, how do we get the logistics out so for one thing the fact that you we have um our criminal boarding on a commercial airline you know he's actually been you know uh, extradited, Yeah, right. you know, ext- escorted, you know, with you know, officers, but in a commercial airline. And I wonder, is that actually a thing? And I actually looked this up. Now, th- not this is these are the rules, but based on like the American, uh, you know, law system yeah. as opposed to the Hong Kong sort of law system. But I wonder if that's just. The writers being like, you know, was like well, yeah. we're, we're appealing to the American market anyway, or the Western market anyway. So you know, what the hell, you know, kind of thing. So I kind of did the little research, like, not that it, you know, it really actually matters, but we, they, the question of whether they, uh, you know, the a, a criminal will allow will be allowed to fly on a commercial flight with pas- passengers yeah. is. It's probably down to how dangerous this criminal is, right? Okay, and that it will have, and you know, a high risk prisoner will require a like a TSA authorization, you know, mm. which requires at least one armed law officer, uh, enforcement official, to escort the prisoner. Uh, they ha- and they have to be armed, which makes sense because both of these, enforcers' you know, uh, yeah. uh, enforces, uh, offic- officials ha- are actually armed. Uh, flight ties can't surpass four hours, which makes sense because. I think it is flying from Japan to Hong Kong, so that that is definitely under four hours. Okay. Uh, prisoners before the flight before all other passengers. Not quite. <laughs> I think I think they went in there together. So whatever. Seating requirements force them to um, force the seating requirements requires the criminal to actually be seated at the rearmost position of the passenger cabin, which. I think it's actually, I think he's, at, they're actually seated at the most front, not the Yeah, the front area. So, yeah, yeah. yeah, so I was a bit like, all right, all right then. Uh, restraints remain on the p- prisoner's hands. Yeah, that's definitely a thing. And, you know, and in terms of eating, they uh, the criminals are not allowed alcoholic beverages. So there are some aspects that I kind of feel, there are some criteria that that scene feels and there are others where it was like oh you know just yeah i can don't imagine worry they weren't
1: it. going to include like a good boozing for the for the criminal like that that made no sense but, <laughs> yeah but yeah, yeah
0: so we ha- so the main criminal we actually see is michael Chanway man who is uh a- an actor who is known for doing playing you know heavies and he's actually like a real life fighter you know guy kind of there he's actually um I think he he's actually a contemporary of Bruce Lee, you know, kind of thing. Oh wow! He's, okay. Yeah, so he, he so he knew of Bruce Lee uh, at the time where he they were making sort of films. They never really made a film together, but Chang Wai Man, he he was not. He, I think while Bruce Lee was you know doing films in Golden Harvest, ha- Golden Harvest, Michael Chang Wai was doing films in Shaw Brothers, and you can actually see him in films like. Uh, uh, five element ninjas uh i'm just trying to think of the other films off the top of my head but can't right now but yeah he he he's most well known to actually doing more Shaw brothers or sort of like classical kung fu films um the other actor is hang on let me just go through my notes uh is a gentleman named um gum hing yin if i actually pronounce that correctly and he normally he's more of a character actor i think he's probably well more well known as well internationally as one of the police officers that actually portray jackie chan in police story um but yeah he he is uh I, i don't think he's known to be an action guy but he has been in action films but playing like sort of let's say sleazy type characters okay yeah So yeah, so those are the uh, the two soldiers, the the first two sort of like obstacles that Michelle Yeoh, Hiroki Sinada and Michael Wong has to sort of like tackle.
1: You mentioned soldiers because in this movie they're gonna stumble basically on a group of uh, of ex Vietnam um, soldiers, and then the deaf of those two first two will then lead the other two remaining soldiers yeah, to to go on a revenge spree essentially
0: it's what propels the sort of uh, the narrative forward which you know we've mentioned Michelle Yeoh uh, I think and now we can actually call we, we can address it as Oscar winner Michelle Yeo. Yes. <laughs> yes. Hey, hey, time flies, man. <laughs> you know, yes. from episode one. Uh um who plays Michelle Yip. We have Hiroki Sanada who plays Yamamoto. And obviously we've mentioned we have Michael Wong playing Michael Wong. Michael Wong,
1: <laughs> yes. There it's you like, go. It's
0: like, lazy yeah exactly it's uh,
1: right he only does that in a couple of films where i see like he's called michael in other films but think like, that's that yeah. doesn't stay like it become a mainstay yeah um, but michael wong so who plays in this act like, in this movie a security guard who mm-hmm. uh, gets involved in the um well not the hijacking, but in, in the action scene and, and saving yeah. the, the day. And yeah. uh, who's essentially the worst guy ever when it comes to women uh, throughout <laughs> the whole film.
0: Can't literally can't read the room at all. He's like. terrible.
1: He's <laughs> terrible. He reminds me a bit of Chris Tucker in the sense that with Jackie Chan, like he's that kind of just... Not complete sleazebag, but he's, he's 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 almost a comic relief kind of guy because you look at it yeah. and you're
0: like, what are you thinking?
1: He's... It's so obvious. Like, don't do that.
0: Yeah, I think it's, it, it's just terrible. It's funny because, you know, there are moments where I was quite concerned when I was rewatching it. I was like, is this guy creepy? But in the sense that I don't, I'm not going to call him creepy because there was one scene, I mean, I'm skipping ahead here, but there was a one scene where he follows Michelle yeah. Yip, to, to the apartment and he and Michelle was like oh I, I wasn't planning to actually let you in and he doesn't to be fair he doesn't force his way in he literally was like relying on it's space. still he massively
1: like, creepy like, it's still he, massively he yeah. meets her at a place of work unannounced yeah. Yeah. then follows her in a car after yeah. she denied wanting to see him like, that is before, true <laughs> nicely so he follows her like closely and yeah. then follows her to her own flat granted he stays
0: from the Out. door. Yeah, he literally that's... counts one, two, three, and the Yeoh decided, Oh yeah, let's you could come in. It's like yeah, no. All right. no, he's,
1: he's, he's a creep. He's a creep. <laughs> he's a creep, but he only it only works in this movie, sort of, yeah. because he's dashing. And, yeah and, he, and he, he
0: he doesn't he like he like teeters on the life he never truly crosses over real. he, he yeah, comes close no, in like various circumstances yeah very, very close. close
1: so only at the end does he sort of redeem himself in a way but yeah like it's it's a very it's a very very low bar he's he's
0: rich yeah. no but, uh, he's
1: he's not awful he's he's always played for laugh and yeah. uh, although most I think of the at some he's, point
0: he's yeah. meant to be quite childlike so he's like he's yeah. meant to be we meant to as an audience we're meant to be like he's quite good looking but he's also kind of an idiot you know Kind yeah, of thing. we'll
1: talk about it maybe a bit bo- more later but he also talks to a fish as, a fish at some point so there's <laughs> yeah. also that
0: um, um, back on the airplane sequence back on
1: the airplane yeah which yeah. is really violent like oh, yeah. I felt like that was from the get go knowing going into the movie after the nice intro with the, the, the culture and everything you're like hey <laughs> yeah. it's cool and then you see them fight and you highlighting the fact that you highlight that um, so uh, Michael Wan Manchan is an old school martial art guy. Yeah yeah. does explain things quite a bit because Michel Liu, like we talked about last time is somebody yeah. who um, is, comes from um, the Royal Academy of Dance, yes, um, is that yes. correct? Yeah, um, so from London Royal Academy of Dance, yeah, um, so she's perfectly suited to play action roles and yeah. to play, um, to fight in front yes. of the camera, yeah, but yeah, the other guy, Michael, one manchana, on the other hand, really goes for it, and there's a yeah. few moments in this where you're thinking, oh, like, um, why are you throwing Michel Liot so hard <laughs> against yeah. the wall, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, chill, maybe. The, and the strangulation because it goes like they really go for
0: it they really go for it, like the action here it's kind of like compared to like yes madden i yes madden's action is a lot more showy and fanciful whereas the action here i do find there is a relentless that's like they. It really feels like they're generally trying to kill each other. Like exactly. there's, a rel- there's less fanciful movements. Like there are some fancy movements, but l- l- less so than let's say Yes, Madam. Like you know, it's there's a there's an unrelenting violence behind it. There's a bit like oh, you know, I was I was somewhat taken aback. And we you know we can actually talk about this when we reach the final sequence because I think that really reaches its yes. peak at the final sequence. It's like you don't get any. You don't feel like they're trying to show off. You feel like they're trying to kill each other, kind of thing. Yeah, no, you know? it's
1: it's very much, and you could say maybe the director is trying to kill them because he's—I mean, he's the one with the camera, going like, "It's fine, just just keep tra- you know, strangling each other. That's that's all right." Yeah. Um, I don't know how they did the whole thing, because at some point so one of the window uh, breaks. Oh god, and then, yes. And the like the guy ends up with his head through that but I... the whole, everything flying around them is, okay, okay, is okay, pretty okay. well done.
0: Okay. So I also researched this as well. <laughs> so, as you should, as you should. As you should. Bravo, because so. I, you know, because there are just certain sequ- parts of the sequence where I kinda of wanna like look into this and see if actually if this is true. So breaking the window of, of an airplane it's actually really difficult like y- y- practically impossible so but if you were to like break a window though because um there, yeah. there were a number of things will happen one thing is that because um inside the actual uh cabin uh you get uh pressure compressed air you know mm. and basically oxygen for the passengers to actually breathe um it has to have them, otherwise, because they're they're actually so high up in the sky, you know, you need you know oxygen within the plane to actually for the uh, passages, to breathe. If a p- window breaks, all that actual ox- oxygen literally sucks out, and you know the force of the sort of wind is actually you know it's true, you know, you there is a potential of actually just getting sucked out, you know, of it. And um, but what happens is is that they you know because all the uh, compressed air g- gets sucked out passengers will actually uh, will lose like the ability to breathe hence why we have we actually have oxygen masks you know yeah. but they only last for 15 minutes so the when that stuff happens the airplane should actually descend lower so the so right so it? you get oxygen you know, again yeah exactly so it, it, it well, hang on let me just uh you punch uh, uh, it, it's basically yes they they solve the issue by lowering the plane at a safe altitude where there is actually breathable oxygen for the passengers um that never happens in the in the film what <laughs> how they solve it is oh we will cover that window with uh one of the villains like dead carcass <laughs> Like, yeah
1: Because that solves Every problem
0: Clearly um, yeah And like I literally was like Hang on
1: But Alright <laughs> <Can> Yeah I... <laughs> Aside from this Being scientifically Impossible it, yeah. It's really grim But it's not Oh god Have you, see, yeah, have you seen
0: Like have you seen The face You know, the, you know That's like, the and, thing Like, like that, that face Like yeah, being The all... blood that comes out Of his oh, nose god, And eyes yeah. and ears And you know it's And it's like You know Covered in frost I'm like Oh that actually really? Is quite
1: a, Rarely do you see that much violence in that, like, kind of, like, graphic yeah. violence in those kind of action movies. It's definitely, yeah. they went a bit over the top. I don't know why, because if it was made for, a well, right, right wider release, you'd think that they, they think about toning it down a bit, yeah. or not going too far. But, like, they I they really go all in.
0: Do you know what? I wonder if that was the, I don't know what, because in terms of, like, box office i wonder if this was a category 2b so in terms of like the uh rating system in hong kong um the most desirable uh category you would actually want to actually release a film with would be category 2 which is considered right. I, I suppose pg-13 i mean if it's category let's say 2b or category 3 they will be considered like r rating or nc oh, okay. or like yeah so it's like i wonder if that was like if, but it, yeah, I, I think the violent. It is a very violent film. I wonder if this would be considered a category two, A or two B. I would say two A. You know, because it's okay. like it is hm Well, maybe I'm wrong. I haven't actually researched. The yeah, I don't yeah. know. I don't know anything at all. Um, yeah, but it, so.
1: it is certainly quite graphic quite, yeah it's uh, it's more graphic it than is.
0: yeah it was it was quite it's more graphic than say yes matter and i oh, wonder sure. if that actually contributed to the fact that you know it was it didn't yeah, do that as would well be,
1: that could be a factor if your yeah. movie gets a, a rating where like because yeah michelle like established as in a movie that also has more comedy yeah kind of light-hearted yeah um you know, it, it, it definitely this brings this, a certain audience.
0: Yeah, this isn't so. This isn't really a comedy. It's just it, the lighter moments. are actually like just melodrama and just romance. Oh yeah, know?
1: exactly. There's yeah. no moment where you actually laugh until unless you you laugh at you know, meet, unless, like Michael Wong <laughs> well, being a yeah. bit difficult. Uh, <clears throat> apart from that, <laughs> but it's it's not playful laugh.
0: No, not not at all. And uh so yeah, but it's a, it is um a, it's a really good introduction and, and and a nice sort of like way to sort of propel the story forward. Oh, absolutely. Um, it does I,
1: th- does get you in definitely. I, I yeah, mean I was it, really impressed
0: from the get-go. Yeah, and also um another realistic or unrealistic, uh, unrealistic sequence. Uh Hiroki Sonada sticking a grenade inside uh, a cupboard and just you know
1: Oh, okay, yeah,
0: there yeah, it doesn't work yeah, no. I it yeah, that's gonna I was gonna Google what happens when a grenade goes off inside an airplane, but I decided not to because I don't know. Yeah, want you don't want to know. Nobody wants want to know. Nobody wants to know and I probably would be like, I think the police will literally just you know, just come banging on the door and be like, Why why are you asking questions of these? Why are you typing <laughs> this down? Um so yes. Uh but yeah, it, uh again, you know, i I think like I said, you know, this is the most sort of I would say over the top unrealistic sort of action sequence purely because it's like the action directors and probably the writer were like just like uh, screw it you know let's just yeah, go just all out for and it. not yeah, really yeah. think of like it being realistic um, no. because I mean you're no, already no, like you're already like you're providing a plane with two levels and the most roomiest you know sort of like cabins is like already I'm like oh, I don't buy this at all <laughs> so you might as well just give us a good action sequence you know
1: so after that, we move to the, one of the shots we um, were talking about earlier, because there is uh, the introduction of our antagonist, played by Wai Lam, who is the, the moustache guy. The moustache uh, guy, like yeah. That's, that's basically his distinctive feature, and the only thing we really know about him is like uh, ex-Vietnam War veteran, and he has yeah. a moustache. That is it. Yeah. And... Um, the way the camera moved to introduce him is coming from outside the window and then slowly moves to reach yeah. the balcony and then almost goes through the mm. the window and that reminded me a lot of what breaking news. did on breaking news, yeah, yeah because yeah. he has that whole thing, so it was much much later in his career, yeah, um yeah. I think it was an early two thousand movie mm-hmm. and he yeah. has this crane uh just having the the camera move just over um a a shutout shutout in the in a alleyway uh so it's between bank robbers and cops it's really really impressive scene just at the beginning of the movie it's one long shot really done like physically with that giant arm just moving across the whole thing it is it's beautiful but when you see it you think like oh well like if to is the second director. Then there's there's a high chance that he is the guy doing this because that's the kind of ideas he probably would have yeah. to introduce somebody. And it's totally. it's a very creepy shot. Yeah, um, it's a very it really it's a very, very well. yeah it's a
0: very dour shot. I speaking on Lamoi the um, the uh, I I think he does actually have an uh, a name. Um, no, he actually doesn't. or well, maybe he does. I I, I can't remember. I'm gonna address him as Wai his character is actually very interesting in that you you don't see a lot in that intro, but in the, I'm, I'm, I'm skimming ahead of myself, but only because I'm just fascinated by this character, because I think there's a lot, there's something a lot more to him than that, that is actually shown on screen because after the uh, action sequence that follows where, you know, are we a good at spo- yeah, we, okay, spoil we we're no, right? yeah, territory. Yeah, 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 for spoiler, yeah, yeah in
1: that case there's it's difficult to not spoil. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> when,
0: when basically after after he murders Hiroki Sanada's you know wife and child, basically, and has that all whole, whole action sequence. We actually there's a sequence where he's coughing up blood and you know and he you know, like oh. yeah there's an actual secret there's a scene where he's actually coughing up blood and it's never really addressed and i actually when i first seen it i thought he was because oh was it injuries he sustained when he was mm. fighting like um yamamoto and Michelle? uh but it it really seemed like it was like an ill the way he plays it it really seemed like he looked like he had like an underlying illness and mm. he gets a phone call from like uh, one of his comrades that you know, and it's like, and the way that he he ha, the way he like performs that sequence, that he there is that thousand yard stare that you get from like traumatized yeah. soldiers. He really displays that, and I wonder if that he, there's something really. There's like there's an element of his character where he's like it, there's something that's not quite there. He's not who's not quite there, you know, mentally. You know what I mean? Yeah. I wonder the person on the phone is kind of like, remember our promise? You know, you know we'll never something like, like that, yeah. you know or something like that. And it's like you get an element that maybe the person on the phone is like almost manipulating him, you know, and almost you know it's like you like I get the impression that because of the trauma of the war, he's not. Yeah, he's just mentally not all. Together. Like that's what that's... I got. Coupled with the fact that I feel like there's like an under he like he's going for an underlying illness. That's just speculation, like from the way I'm sort of broke down the scene. Because I wonder because it's an what is it, a nine-minute film. I wonder if there was actually more shot and there was more to do this character than we're actually shown. I mean he does
1: have he's a good charismatic guy, and um yeah. there's at the end the reveal, well towards the end, essentially like after the defeat this first guy then they move yeah. to somebody else and yeah. the other guy is definitely more evil because you can yeah, he's tell more, he's more pentamime he, he, evil definitely. yeah he laughs he laughs loves, he loves very 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 hard uh, yeah. at every, every two line. so yeah. I guess he was a manipulative evil guy because you know that's what people would love a lot too. Yeah. So um, yeah, that's, that's a possibility. Um, but the movie definitely like, doesn't give much about the characters. They kind of yeah. just everybody, every actor has to work with very little, which when you look at uh, Michelle Yeoh's character, there was, there could be a lot more to, to her too. Like mm-hmm. um, she's returning to her office. So mm-hmm. from holiday, perhaps like, from Yes, Madam, she was excluded, and then she's back. The, yeah. I saw that as a potential connection. Yeah. Um, but she has a much more difficult relationship with the police commissioner, who's definitely oh, yeah. throwing her under the bus at every occasion yeah. and blaming her for everything, which mm. contrasts a lot from Yes, Madam, where the sexism was constantly addressed or, mm. or uh, played with and uh, made fun of. In the movie in in Royal Warriors, the sexism is very much there constantly. Yeah and yeah. um, is never addressed. And the movie itself is kind of sexist itself because you have yeah. Michel Yeo who's supposed to be the big star and then you have two other guys where yeah. if you look at the script technically they could have been they could have combined two, two guys into one yeah. and then just maybe have kept Eero, Yuki Sanada uh, as just one guy yeah. and then ditched Michael Wong. You know, Michael yeah. Wong is, is okay but all he does in the movie could easily get either getting rid of or replace with yeah. more more introspective stuff about
0: the characters so here's the thing we've actually spoken i've actually spoken to you about this that this film contains a lot of fridging you know and yes absolutely so so i was like there's also remind the audience that you know the the definition of fridging is i mean i'm sure if you know stories you know that term but to briefly surmise fridging is basically the killing off of a character, most of the time female, and uh, the love interest of our main hero, in order to sort of bring motivation, bring uh, sort of a motivation for our main character to actually you know get vengeance and all that stuff. In fact, a uh, spoiler: like when Michael Wong gets killed, like like literally falls down the building, I literally got Gwen Stacy vibes. Like,
1: except, that
0: is true, yes. Yeah, there is you know. a law. You can get that here. Yeah. yeah, and uh, you know, and this film it, it's weird because you know, looking at it, it compared to Yes Madam, the stakes in this film, it's very personal. Like everyone's mm-hmm. one everyone is avenging somebody. My uh, Michelle Yo is avenging Michael Wong. Um Hiroki Sanada is avenging his wife and kid, and even the villain. Like, he's avenging, the, he's avenging the, his brothers guys, yeah. yeah exactly mm. so everyone has like a personal stake when it comes to it's kind of interesting <laughs> in that you know everyone's getting fridged you know it doesn't matter i mean in a way hiroki sanada's character is probably the most sort of conventional in that you know he's a guy and oh what's gonna what's gonna propel him in his uh you know road of vengeance you have to kill off his well, wife and
1: kid that's the thing. So there's one thing I'd like to say about this particular plot point because yeah. in a way it makes it would have made the movie a bit better if instead they had kidnapped the wife and kid. Oh who interesting. Is only the kid. Because yeah. one of the things that's introduced and we talked about it a bit earlier, is that yeah. the Michelle Yeoh and Michael Wong uh join uh Ryuki Sanada and his wife, uh, who's played by a uh, Heiko Niwa. Yes. And their child who's yes. the cutest kid ever. I right? know. He, I, why did they kill her? Uh, such a cute kid. Such I was kid. like... And in the airplane, you see the kid briefly acting very terrified and I was like, hey, the kid is a good actor too. Right? Yeah, right. very natural. Yeah. Actress. Yeah. So perfect. She really does a great job as a, as a child actor. Like, that's everything you want. But, you see them together in the house, and uh, uh Sanada Sagada plays a really convincing husband. His yeah. his wife, it's very, is...
0: it's very melodramatic. Yeah, like but it, it really it cranks works. up them. Yeah, it it definitely works. It but in they had to like establish that relationship really quickly because they're yeah. not really on screen for a long time, do you think they're about not. it? but yeah. before
1: that, you have the whole diner scene where it's yeah. really there to underline the fact that, well, for one thing, Michael Wong doesn't know how to read a room because <laughs> it's obvious <laughs> God, everything's <that. laughs> very awkward. Yeah. But also more importantly that they have a difficult relationship that yeah. um, he's moved, he's going to move uh, to Tokyo with her because, you know, his, his job is probably taking yeah. a lot of time and yeah. it's dangerous. So she doesn't want him to do that.
0: I mean, and it's the- like
1: that whole relationship and you're thinking, wait, if the kid gets kidnapped, she could easily blame him and that could create tension yeah, and create yeah. a bit more interesting fate. It's kind of also a trope, you know, more maybe an American movie trope of yeah. having, like, you know, the looming in the air. Yeah, um, there, and-
0: were, I, there was definitely elements about it where, because if you look at the, the way uh, the wife sort of acts, she's, like, constantly, you know, on the brink of tears, like, I can't exactly. believe this is happening. You're finally retiring, you know? Because Ye-ish. I wonder, you know, I imagine when... Hiroki is like, when he was actually a cop, he can be, you know, I wonder if how hard-boiled he was, you know, as a cop. And we do, and I wonder if he, you know, when he e- ends up, you know, going on his sort of rampage, you know, I wonder if, oh, was he like this when he was a cop, when he was like, you know, Dirty Harry, and, like, mm. her wife was like, absolutely like, I can't deal with this, you know. Yeah, just Please like, get a desk job, you know, go You have thing. a kid,
1: you have a kid, you have me, you just have to do something else, please. Yeah. Ironically, they're saying in the movie that he's going to become a salaryman. You're like, oh, so you're never going to see your wife and kid. Then, okay, cool.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, do you know how Japan works with the job market? Yeah, That's that's... not how it works. Yeah, especially
1: in the 80s, I can imagine. Like, 86, 90s. Oof, that must have been terrible. Yeah. So, um, yes, uh, really a bad choice. But all of that scene, all that time spent to introduce characters that you then... mean they explode the minute after (laughs) it's terrible Um, i was
0: like completely destroyed the way i just it's just that kid is so absolutely adorable and you just killed her off like they don't do a big shot on the kid going like waving me
1: like daddy you
0: know I, i i i half expect throughout the film where you know, you get moments where Hiroki Sonada's character like has like a panic attack. You get images of like flashing images oh, of like kid waving at him in slow motion because that would screw me up if that ever happened That's to me. You know, terrible. Kind of
1: but it, again, it's the fringing, so it gives motivation. Yeah, and, it, in a way, and again, I think this would have perfectly been replaced by kidnapping um but what follows is really breathtaking cuz the car chase is is yes.
0: incredible so that sequence was done by uh a blacky, uh, a you know, a car stunt person, Blacky Co, which yeah. we briefly do see. He actually, he's actually he drives the
1: bus. He drives
0: the bus, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, like it's very quick shots, but you do know it's actually him. And he's pretty much the go-to guy in Hong Kong. If you want to do car stunts, he's like the go-to guy to actually do that type of stuff. You know, kind of thing. And it's like the the stuff they managed to pull off here is actually really impressive, considering oh, that so crazy. Yeah, it's like it, it, it's like it's not. It's definitely like, given the resources they have with car stunts, because they don't do a lot, largely because it's so expensive and also it's like trying to close roads in Hong Kong to, in order to allow these stunts to actually take well, place. It's actually really difficult.
1: What I was told during a conference before a, um, um, I think it was a more recent Hong Kong movie that was shown at a festival is that oh, actually okay. they weren't closing roads back in them days. Oh, they really? were basically just waiting on the side when they were... <laughs> <laughs> clear times and then they would just shoot the hell out of those scenes yeah. and then just done it with. So every time you see somebody like car passing by that doesn't, that doesn't get involved or you see somebody passing by who's like just walking, potentially that person doesn't know it's a movie being shot. Yeah. and they just see like tons of explosions and cars passing by thinking like, what the hell is going on? That is a big crew, thing.
0: Yeah, the crew are like, quick, the cops are not here. Let's, let's do this."
1: That's essentially <laughs> what I was told is that essentially what happens. Um, so full alert, for example, when there's, there's just a yes. huge pylon of cars like that yeah. was shot without any authorization. It's just yeah. like, all right, let's go for it. So this makes this particular scene, if this is also true for this movie yeah. particularly crazy because yeah. really they go for like they really go for it the bus driver like blackiko when he goes for it and he's like "Woo!" like <laughs> yeah i was when i wrote down my notes while watching the movie i was like oh my god this bus jump is incredible and i wrote down like i was going to write the bus jumping and then like a few seconds after i was like no all of the cars jumping actually because there's nice tons of <laughs> it, stuff it, tons of stuff that it's happens. like
0: it's like the bus is like just a small snowball and it just it just rolled down the hill and it just got bigger and bigger and I was like in my okay there are two there are two questions how did they manage to clear that up quickly without the cops noticing and two when the film was released if any cops did actually watch that film, will like, there be chins, like, you know, Will be there striking their chins and be like, what the hell happened there? corruption,
1: <laughs> yeah. like, maybe part of the budget is paying off the cops. <laughs> Probably, you never know. who knows? You never 20 million, know. but how much was given to the local police enforcement, you never know. Oh, One God. thing I'll say, though, about uh, Blackie Co., so... This amazing guy. I looked up his career. So he started in 1965, yeah. which is really funny because actually in France there's a big um, action guy,s Rémy Julien. He's got a really huge team of stunt car drivers, and stunt drivers oh, wow. okay. he did a lot of stuff. He started in 1964, so like oh. just a year before. before. Yeah. Um, uh, Black Eco. so they really are two old-school guys, because watching this, I was like, oh my god, this looks like the René Julien stuff. Maybe they were oh, influenced. Oh, interesting. And I would okay. imagine that probably he started and he did his career, and he probably was watching those movies, because Rémi Julien's first production is on a French movie called Fantomas. Mm-hmm. Probably not very well-known outside of France, but really well-known in France, uh, stars Jean Marais um, and uh, Louis Funès. So two really big French actors, one uh, being Jean Marais, being like a dramatic actor, like extremely talented uh, dramatic actor, and Louis being Funès being the, the, one of the, the biggest uh, still comedy actors uh, of French cinema history. Yeah. So... It's an action comedy. It's based on a series of novel with like a uh, diabolic guy and a mask. It's okay. like a lot. It's kind of James Bond ish in a yeah. way, where James yeah. Bond would be played by Jean Marais, who's essentially just as dashing and good looking as Sean Connery at the time. Right, like, you, uh, you okay. could put them next to each other and think like okay like that's equal like they yeah. both win oh wow uh, okay, so it is really 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 good looking and really really charismatic and um the is like a perfect as a kind of like g um police officer who's incompetent in trying to catch fantomas uh all the time and it's it's really it's those like there's three movies of those um but then you know that's him is on the first one and after that he does like tons and tons and tons and tons and tons of of movies because there was a a huge um, um, scene of, well, not scene, but huge line of action movies uh, in France. Nowadays, a lot less. Yeah, A lot, lot less. Was he um, like the
0: go-to was he like back here, whenever yeah. there's like cast he was he like oh, the go-to he, guy for the oh, I think okay all then. over
1: Europe, I'm sure in Italy, they were also using him. Um, Interesting. Yeah, okay. he, he's the go-to guy and you look at the stuff he was doing at the time and it, it's really, it's really impressive. But they were doing it within regulation. So yeah. Compared to the Hong Kong stuff, I don't know if there's anything that compares to to what's in *Rural Warriors* in terms of, yeah. of just pure pure madness. Yeah, but you know, it's essentially is like two two big names. Like, if you want to put Blackyko in that context, I'd say like it's eased around the same level, probably. Yeah. like, with the same technique, then, most then, likely. Then, yeah, at the time.
0: Oh wow! Okay, then I I would I would definitely yeah I would definitely agree that they're most likely in this like that same sort of like level or standard or the go to guy if you want really good car stunts so but yeah. the
1: thing also that follows after that this particular car chase is even more impressive but also dangerous is that uh Wylam tries to bury uh,
0: the building side the building in, site
1: yeah he just tries to throw it and then throws ground at him with yeah machine. gravel
0: yeah yeah yeah, yeah. before you... we move to that again this is another character point that i have to say you know that i have to like sort of sort of uh to sort of bring up you know, with that whole chase sequence, Lam is trying to escape. But then, you you know, once we reach the building site, you know, there's this moment where, you know, Lam is literally he has this massive hammer and he's like like literally banging it against like one of the sort of construction sites sort of equipment and it's like you can see in his eyes it's like he's not like all there and he's like as if he's like yeah come and get me you know i, oh, I have nothing left PTSD he is kicking yeah, in no, yeah he's clear yeah there's he's you know it's like it's such a weird character Moment from like previously where he's like literally trying to like run for his life and now he's like okay come and get me yeah have just kill lived, this guy, know, guy yeah, yeah. So I'll just kill this family that's fine I'm gonna throw yeah, it up. it's like it's it's just a it's, you know it's just it's just a very interesting character moment you could know? say. And-
1: you could say like if this this was a real thing that you know after you've killed somebody's uh, relatives, uh you yeah. know, that person you you'd think well that person's gonna go after me forever, so I might as yeah. well just kill them now I wonder um, yeah I wonder but if it's that's never the it's yeah, never really explicit no, yeah you know, exactly it's only it's never. only
0: really implied really from that one little character movement uh, before we obviously go to the sequence where the uh, when tries to bury. Hiroki Sanada. <laughs> and Hiroki Sanada
1: tries to climb the grounds. Yeah. And yeah, you buried. can clearly
0: see that it's him, you know, kind yeah. of. Yeah.
1: So it's like, okay, not only is it dangerous, so the main actor is doing it. Yeah. But even if it was a stunt guy, you think like, okay, what security, what safety is there for even anyone to do this? I mean, he does so, get buried. Like he, yeah, he does, does get, get buried. Yeah, <laughs> yes. exactly. So, I, I mean, obviously they're going to cut at some point and then just bury him for a few seconds and then yeah, exactly. Michel Gilles yeah. comes to rescue him. But right. really, is just so brutal and yeah. completely reckless. So, again, another moment in this movie you think, Okay, maybe, you know, you know, the mat that you had at the beginning that you were using, you know, safety that's that's a nice word yeah. it's also very important when you shoot yeah. an action movie like where is the safety
0: like I think I, they must have think you know, oh gravel's soft enough right you know yeah I <laughs>
1: want to know I want to know the story you know he's saying, yeah. you, know, you want to put him like when he's doing the press tour for yeah. John Wick 4 like somebody please ask him the questions like please. so how was it yeah. during Warrior Warriors like how much did you feel for your life or was it like perfectly safe yeah I'm sure he's he's gonna have you know the eyes the look on, on the eye of Wailam that you're talking about he's gonna <laughs> yeah. have that like, He's gonna Maybe a
0: 1000 yards stare of like trauma. <laughs> yeah, I was like, don't yeah, want to talk about it, guys. War warriors. <laughs> oh God. That film, Hong Kong action cinema. Never again. <sighs>
1: My God, yeah, it's it's really really difficult. Having said that, um, he's
0: been in a, a good few now. At that point, because previously he was also in um, Ninjas of the Dragons Den, which is more of a straight classical kung fu film, you know, kind of thing. But he has, yeah, you know, he has been a fair share of Hong Kong action films. So it's like, uh, you know, you see,
1: like, Maybe maybe knows better. But again, for for the standard I've expected from Hong Kong action film, like this is this is a notch above. Like, yeah, this, this is, is definitely this is dangerous. Like, yeah. don't don't do that. Um. After that, he, so they, they basically just, you know, hammer down the fact that, oh, he's very sad, which you know, is understandable. Yeah. But he then goes on a boat to look for what, a gun or something. And
0: we also have a return of another actor from the previous film, uh, Eddie Meyer. <laughs> Do you remember him? The oh, guy okay. Who... Oh, no, so, I didn't So, yeah, that, that, you know the guy in the air who tries to escape in the airport, the guy who's Ooh. selling the gun, same oh, I guy. That. so oh, okay. Oh, I that, in my head, you, you said you were like finding connections between the two, film. In my head, there's like, oh, it's nice to see him doing so well, just selling weapons. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> he's continuing,
1: like, he stayed
0: in Hong Kong and he couldn't <laughs> yeah. escape. So he's like, <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly. he's selling weapons. That's
0: fine. Yeah. But Go it's actually, on, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's quite a short sequence, but it's actually, a, a I don't know, it's a, I, it's a very cool sequence because you get to see finally Hiroki Snider kind of sort of let rip and sort of, because before he, he I th- in terms of his action sequences, he's very like restrained, you know, compared to. True, the, yeah. And and here it's like there's a there's a f- there's a way he like carries himself, and I think the, uh, there was one shot where he just go where he jumps over the banister, and he walks in between these two sort of goons, and he's like, you hmm. can tell that, he, that he, the way he carries himself is like he's a, more, more, he's a lot more. So there's a single-mindedness about his possibly, yeah, yeah, the way he sort of like does his action, and he, he does it very well. Like you can tell that he's like he means business, and I love to the me, sequence for that to reason. To me, that's
1: funny because I the, the way the emotion he portrays at the time didn't really work for me. I felt he was a bit flat. Um, oh, interesting. Okay, yeah, then. I didn't get read. I felt that that scene in particular was a bit a bit underneath. Um, what, the rest of the movie, oh, yeah. Interesting. Okay, then. Like he wasn't that. Like I couldn't really feel him being like. He, he seemed a bit more stoic, rather than than <gasps> yeah, than. Yeah, no, I can.
0: De- I, I definitely can see that. He, he he's definitely playing up the sort of like. The I guess conventional action hero in some respect, yeah. You know, almost it's... like dirty. I mean, he's he. I mean, when he got that gun, it's very much like. Oh, he's going to do dirty, boy, Harry, dirty Harry, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I do, get, yeah, no, I get that, you know, kind of thing. In my head, I, I'm kind, I'm sort of comparing how he moves compared to how he moved in um, True, yeah. the airplane prior to that sequence, because he yeah, definitely no, carries he does, himself he definitely, quite differently. Yeah, so, yeah. he's but a more, but I understand your, impressive. I, I, uh, I actually understand your sort of like point of view in that. I think in many ways, Hiroki Sannado's character is probably the most. Conventional in terms of his, you know, character and his sort of narrative through line. Mm. Uh, in terms of like the genre compared to, let's say, absolutely, yo know, yeah. you know, or you know, all the or the others. So yeah, well, t- Michael Wong, yeah, yeah, let's, yeah, let's
1: like a bit. He, he does, he does, he a does, do, he point, does so.
0: do a bit of action, but you know, he's kind of like, I don't know, how do I, how do I, he, he's like. Okay, if I was to like you know Dragon Ball Z, you know if if uh, Michelle Yeoh's Goku and Hiroku Saito's Vegeta, uh, Michael Wong is definitely the Krillin of the group. You know, yes, that, that makes sense. I think I've <laughs> yeah. already got got the gist of it. <laughs> if that, anyone that knows Dragon Ball Z, you know what I'm talking about. Exactly. Okay. Yes. Yeah.
1: Um, but but. Michelle you know, Michel doesn't start eating everything randomly. So it's, no, 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 no. <laughs> it's, no it's, there's limits to this comparison, but still. Yeah. Um, and also, we can forget about this. I mean, we can easily forget about this scene very quickly because then we move to the bar. Throughout. Yes,
0: which is my favorite. Favorite, I am out of like the sequence. So urgency. good, so good. So many things about it, and I do. Gen- we, I've, 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 we've touched on this. I genuinely believe that this was directed by Johnny too, purely based on the fact that of many things. But like, what what's so interesting about this sequence is that how is it actually established? It actually like there are like certain character movements that actually happened throughout. This scene, like you've seen enough Johnny Toe films, where Johnny Toe, even like with like the smaller characters, he give the smaller characters certain character beats, like moments that you that you that yeah. seem. That make them seem not as superfluous that they no, should really should They yeah. have
1: they, a lot more to do. Like that yeah. old couple
0: was doing old some couple? some
1: shoots together. They're clearly
0: celebrating an anniversary or sure, exactly, some short, you yeah. know. Some you know, kind of thing. And then there's the younger couple <laughs> where it looks like, you know, when the the uh, the boyfriend hands over the photo, and it's, I think he mentioned something about if you know tear it up, tear the photo and we can just move on. It's like there's these it, there's little moments where he's like, you don't need that. You get a bartender where for some reason it's like, I give you a bit extra just just you know on on the house on my tree. And there's um there's also uh, two actors, the, the older actors like Wu Fong and uh uh um, who actually the latter he actually ends up working with johnny toe in a number of films okay one of the reasons why i do believe this was actually directed by johnny toe because they do have a very one the the the, the actor director had a very good sort of like working relationship so i do generally believe that this was directed by johnny toe overall and even like the way it establishes the atmosphere you know it's just you know it it's just. It, it's the, just really,
1: the, really perfect.
0: Yeah, Moments yeah, in an action it,
1: movie.
0: It, 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 You know, it's not just setting up for an action sequence. You know, it it, it takes its it, it you know it works a lot harder to actually set up this the geography and the stakes and the actual characters. I'm going to call them characters, even they're superfluous as they are, they are. Even if they are going to get killed off, we know they're going to get killed off, but. The amount of effort that, you know, the director, which I do believe is Johnny Toe, does to do establish characters is actually more than what other Hong Kong directors would actually do. Yeah, you know, it's really. very
1: well directed to. And also the set design for this. We talked about Yes, yeah. Madam, where at the end you can see like the house being set up basically yeah. to have a lot of stuff to break. In yeah. this movie... When we reached that scene, it, I mean, to me, it wasn't obvious when I looked at the, all those screens and mm. all that glass and the way yeah. everything is lighted, that everything was made to be broken. Yeah. Because, yeah, it's a very, very good set design. Um, yeah. It really looks so, it's a perfect 80s bar. You have yeah. like TV screens on the wall that are basically yeah. encased on the wall. It's really, really well done. If this was a modern bar this would basically reek of IPA like yeah. like that would be a hipster bar for completely yeah, like you totally. have a lot of punk or whatever on, on tap easy yeah. Yeah. but here is just completely of the time just yeah. really like you could watch this movie if you want to open up a bar and like copy this <laughs> and be like you'll have I mean, success I gotta say-
0: it's a nice it's a nice retro bar. It's a really nice bar. I mean, if you were to do it now, it's a nice retro bar. I will say this. I think the action director who was who's Mang Hoy, uh Aspirin from Yes Madam, yes. You know, um, I think he definitely lifted a lot from the choreography that was happening in Yes Madam and also Jackie Chan's okay. police story, because there was like a lot of use. Of propsing, smashing glass within the choreography. I, I wonder he he must have like a he must have like saw what Corian did and Jackie Chan did in those films, and be like, you know, I'm gonna like take some of those ideas yeah, and try and incorporate sense, it here, yeah. you know. But it, it
1: does really work. Also, I mean, it's terrible if it was in real life, but doing antagonist uh, has an Uzi, and uh, yeah, well, when you see an antagonist with the Uzi, you know it's it's gonna get bloody, and it is definitely. Yeah, everyone gets because, killed. Yeah. Yeah. Like you said, because you spend some time introducing those characters that ultimately get shot, yeah. and it makes it like, you know, it makes it a lot more brutal when he f- starts shooting fir- randomly people. Yeah. The You're first right? okay.
0: time we, you know, the first time we see Lam Y character like pull the trigger on the, uh, the, the, the older couple, yeah, I was like, I knew that it was going to happen, but I was still kind of like, I was still taken aback by it, you know. Yeah, exactly. Kind of because yeah. there was like, there was that moment where it's like, oh, there was like a a character moment that I, you know, those people seem nice. Yeah, it connected with me, you know, kind of thing. So it it just made that sequence so much more impactful. And I I was I definitely believe that it, that was like intentional, and that was like, yeah. and that's clearly a Johnny Toe style of like, mm. uh, of character play and like yeah. narrative storytelling you know kind okay of but in so.
1: terms of violence i would put this around the same the same level uh, obviously not as long as it's a short sequence but yeah, like yeah. the uh hospital scene in Hardboiled, um yeah. where no. there's a lot of oh totally people get killed for no reason yeah. than just being here and um yeah it is really just that brutal after that it's just Like everybody jumps everywhere. Yeah. There's a lot of moments where you feel like, oh, that must have been, that must have hit hard.
0: Mm. There's,
1: I can't remember which character, but somebody gets his head thrown against the glass and he makes a very round impact on the glass.
0: Yes, you uh, that was, um that's the brief fight. I think it was Hiroki Sonata, uh, uh, between that brief scuffle between Hiroki Sonada and Lan White. It actually reminds me of that same sequence in Police Story where Jackie Chan gets smashed across the face and he hits the yes. glass and it has that, and the glass breaks and it comes and has that circle sort of like... Yeah. Fisher type you know but it, it, uh,
1: it gives us the very really the impression of like oh okay they, they're really going for it once again yeah, yeah. those antagonists are, are really just old soldiers who are fighting for their lives yeah. and making sure that nobody gets alive yeah gets out alive so it's it's quite an intense scene but it yeah. ends um quite not abruptly but like quite nicely um with like a long shot also after the chaos like like to give like some breathing space and not just yeah okay everything's fine it's like well
0: i i know what you're talking about because after Lamoi gets shot there's this moment where there's a silence and Mm. it's like a very prolonged silence and you know and it's like a, a moment of pause and I was like, "Oh, I, that's," and then he just fades out into fades into black. And that was like, I feel like that was a very Johnny Toad kind of like signature because I don't know if you remember the film where um, in uh, the Mission, yes, uh, uh, Wong Tin Lam, the the one of the crime bosses at the end of the scene, you find out that that spoiler alert from the Mission, but whatever. Uh, that character, uh, it, we discover that, that character has actually portrayed the. The Eddie Coe character who the four uh at- protagonists are trying to protect. And you get a moment where he's actually try he's eating his, you know, his spaghetti bowl, and then it's like a it's like a brief moment where he and then he his chest like explodes from like getting yeah. shot. And there's like a brief pause of as he processes what just happened. Hmm. And it's a long, broke, prolonged pause. And it's very much like it really did remind me of like that final. that final shot in royal warriors and i I, I, this is again one of the reasons why i do believe this was actually directed by johnny to rewinding backwards uh, another reason why um this was i think it was directed by johnny to is like how he how um hiroki sanada cleverly cocks his gun and just throws it to like one side in order to distract the villain Mm. You know, and it's... it's Again, that's a very Johnny-type thing because he's obsessed with True, guns yeah. in terms of, like, you know, of how you would use it. He doesn't really use guns very conventionally, in a sense. They, they're it, The way he, like, he plays with guns is, like... It's almost like... You know that... Sequ- like, again, I'm going to bring up the mission. That whole sequence where uh, the four antagon- uh, protagonists, like, studies their own sort of handguns. And you get one of the characters... I think it was played by Roy Cheng. He literally, like... Keeps on like clicking the gun and like listens to it as if it's like oh is th- does this listen right is this you know am I like mm. does this feel right or, or, you know as if he it, there's like an intimate relationship between a handgun and you know it and its handler and it's like you know it's that very intimate you know knowledge of how a gun works beyond just pulling a trigger you know pointing and yeah. pulling a trigger that's also very Johnny Toe um, I also love this sequence because as chaotic the sequence is, it has a very good sense of geography. Like, if you think about it, it's, you know, it's like there's this one particular sequence where they're fighting on the actual bar itself. Yes. And, you know, it's, you know, it's very connected because, you know, you get different shots from different angles, you know, and it actually, from that sequence alone, it actually breaks that 180 degree rule, but it does so. There's this wonderful tracking shot across the bar. And when, um, Y gets kicked from the other towards the other side, and hur- is hurled onto the other side of the bar. You know, you get the cut, but the cut seems seamless because on the next cut, you know, you get another sort of lovely tracking shot that connects the previous shot in, in mm. between. You know, kind of thing. It, you know, you get a real sense of like where the action is actually moving from one spot to another to another because that's actually very difficult. You know, without make it seem like chaotic. It is chaotic, but. It's not incomprehensible, and I think that's one of the one of the reasons why this sequence, as a whole, is like my favorite, you know, kind of thing.
1: Um, there's also one thing that came to mind while we were talking, um, is um, that if people haven't watched the mission, uh, first of all, you should watch the mission. But also, yeah. if you haven't watched the mission, but uh, you know, Reservoir Dogs, um, well, just to clarify it, it's like the story from Reservoir Dogs, but done better. <laughs> um yes. just just to just to put it out there having uh stolen things from uh, other hong kong classics yeah um, city on fire being city one. On fire, oh, exactly yeah, like yeah. there's the whole ending i was when i saw city <laughs> on fire i was like oh wow like there's there's some people in real life doing homage to yeah, classics yeah, incredible yeah. um yeah. but really like the plot is around the same thing and yeah. to me the mission is much better uh, oh yeah so totally. i just wanted to put
0: it out there um but and, uh, for you folks out there um it is a very hard to get your hands on that film like a is decent it? copy yeah oh my god i have it Still on is. i have it on dvd you have it. I, when you showed me that on, on dvd i literally told you just lock it up like say yeah. like treat it because that's like the that's one of the best looking dvds of that film that you get you that you're gonna get because uh, there was a a, a uh it was released on DVD in Hong Kong, but it's a terrible copy. It's not even anamorphic. It's like letterbox, and you know the picture quality oh, is terrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You literally have the best-looking version of that film. I think I have, yeah,
1: because I never, I watched it only once years ago, so yeah. I don't remember it very well yeah. at all. But... It's just
0: it's minus the English subtitles. So you know, hopefully, it will be released. Under the either the Eureka banner or the 88 Films banner, but apparently there's like rights issues with that film that stopped Sucks. it from being released it properly. Um, yeah, hopefully that gets sorted out sooner rather than At later. At some point. But, yeah, because yeah. it's a really really good. It's a really big
1: classic. Yeah, um, definitely. After this uh, big shout out, we shoot out. We move to a classic trope of a Vietnam War uh, veteran story. Yeah, where um. They we learn why they stand together is because at some point you know when they were together they used all their knives to um, lift somebody from a um, landmine and they yeah. saved uh, that person's ba, life. Yeah, and,
0: Ying uh, is the actor's name. I, I yeah. don't know. I, he he actually isn't given a a name within the film, but I'm just, so I'm just going to address him address yeah, him as Bai Ying. Ba Ying. and yeah. uh, he's um he's a Taiwanese actor. He. He's actually probably most well known as being in the uh, <laughs> the Palm d'Or winning film, A Touch of Zen, directed by King Hu. Oh wow! Uh, yeah, yeah. He, oh, so yeah, he's, he's been on this filmography, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he, yeah, exactly. He was, you know, and he was like, he was like a, you know, I've seen him in that film. And he was like, oh wow, he's like a dashing looking man. He, obviously, he's a little older here, and he's meant to be more gruff looking. But yeah, he was also um, kind of an action guy um, back in like in his native Taiwan. I believe he was native Taiwanese. I may have may be wrong about that, but yeah, that that that's kind of like his claim to fame. Uh, but yeah, he was—he's great in it. But he's definitely uh, more compared to. I was, I kind of like Len Weiss's character a little bit better. Oh, completely.
1: completely. Yeah. It's more like, charismatic. More charismatic. Um, a lot the more other guy, layers. The other...
0: This one's a bit too pantomime evil yeah, for my he's liking.
1: Got, like, he's got something, like he's got a bandana no, or something around his head. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, oh, yeah. I'm like, you see him in one instance, even if you don't know the context of the movie, you're like, oh, you're a war veteran with PTSD. Oh, you know me. Like, no, no, I just looked at your face and guessed, and <laughs> there, there you go. <laughs> more veteran with dsd like yeah so is it's a yeah it's a cartoonish portrayal yeah, more and then he laughs yeah. all the time so it's almost like he's sort of scriptified Yep, I'm uh, playing this as if I'm an evil villain who yeah. tries to control the world, and yeah. that was that.
0: It's very much like James Chen's character from Yes Matter. Yeah, he's got he's gone nothing matter. for
1: him, but he's, yeah. he's he does what he does. He does uh, what he
0: does. I mean, and he does a good job with the action sequences at the very least. So bef- that's all I require.
1: Before we move on from this tropey scene, I did the same thing as you did for uh, other questions, and I looked it up just a bit. If you can actually survive. Lend mine when you do this i've only landed on reddit uh so you know the information oh, okay. is quote-unquote reliable but sure. apparently it's, it's complete nonsense you can't yeah. um so apparently yeah you you don't hear the click you don't hear anything or maybe in modern versions i don't know but yeah it's not it's not possible which to be fair if it's possible maybe you'll have some testimonies boom if it yeah. isn't possible at all well you won't get any testimonies because all yeah. people are dead so that's <laughs> you know. that's obviously brings up maybe a legend of like it's possible to save yourself but like well nobody has <laughs> where, actually where are the you. evidence yeah. exactly where's the evidence so yeah who knows? But it's definitely something that happens in many movies. And a uh, one that you recommended to me that we watched, um, that I watched le- recently, uh, cigarettes. Uh, yes,
0: I was gonna bring that up because they did that in the opening exactly sequence. Exactly the oh, same God. thing. Exactly
1: the same scene. Yeah. Like, it's, uh, it's a classic. It, it's a yeah. trope of of yeah. I guess Vietnam War veterans well, of well, any country. Be,
0: yeah, but to be fair, that I don't know, maybe not. But to be fair, that it's discovered that that mine is not really a mine it's just something else but at the same time why would you attempt to actually you know just why make the attempt to begin with like oh i'm stepping on the mine no you step on it you're dead you don't <laughs> you know, yeah, kind
1: of yeah. But that's the thing it's the friendship you know they have a strong bond because it's, they decided to try to save their friend
0: regardless yeah, it's a you know. good it's a good way to establish yeah The brotherly bond between comrades, you know, as they say.
1: Does a brotherly bond um, lead to kidnapping someone um, because they're getting too close to the quote-unquote truth, whatever that truth is, and then torturing them and then throwing them from a tall building? Who knows? Uh, but maybe, maybe a bit
0: much because that's hey, he what happens. His, he loves his brothers a lot, man. That's he him. does. <laughs> he
1: definitely loves his brother because Paul Michael Wong at this point, <laughs> when he's trying to yeah. help Michel Liu investigate yeah. um, and reach some kind of conclusion, um, yeah. while still being completely clueless as to yeah. how any human being—you uh, you don't even have to say any woman feels—just any human being feels after being traumatized. He's like, oh, I still want to date you, right? You you want to date me? I'm like, no, I'm not interested. You're annoying. She tells him to his face. Yeah,
0: going back to that wonton noodle quote, did you like, did that register at all during your watching where, because there was a sequence, we're going back a little bit, but there was a sequence where Michael Wong's character, (laughs) which is Michael Wong. Yeah, Michael Wong, yeah. (laughs) Uh, Literally asked Michelle, oh, if... Um Yamamoto hasn't didn't have a wife. Would you? And you know, obviously, you know, apply that you know. Oh, would you? Da- would you? Would you have a thing for him? You know, but obviously, he, Michelle, you know, cuts him short and just say, you know, don't you dare say anymore, and like literally walks yeah. off. And Michael one was like, no, no, you're misunderstanding. I was just say, I was just asking if he if um Yamamoto didn't have a wife, would you still like to what uh still like to eat one ton noodles? And I'm like. <laughs> What? So
1: eating wonton <laughs> noodles is is a way to imply um, like having sex or, I, or no
0: like not that I know of but you know you but you, there's there's a character the one one of uh, Michelle Yeoh's sort of like uh, uh, I, I guess workers or colleagues literally asked literally asked that same question what does you know Yamamoto having a wife and eating one donuts. Have what What's the connection there? And it's like it's never explained. It's right. never explained. And I wonder. You know, for me, I read it as like, oh, Michael one was going to ask the original question, which is, if Yamamoto didn't have a wife, would you be like interested yeah. in him? You know, exactly, kind of thing. but yeah. he was like trying to like. No, no, no! What I was really saying, yeah, exactly, I wasn't, yeah. you know, but it, it, it makes up makes, something. Makes up stupid. something absolutely ridiculous and stupid, and it is ridiculous and it is stupid because eating wonton noodles has nothing to do with relationships. At least, <sighs> not what not to my knowledge anyway, so... Yeah. You know. It goes along with him
1: playing a child, essentially, which you could yeah. even argue that, considering what he does in the movie, maybe it was supposed to be cast as a child, and then they just went like, now we're going to use <laughs> an adult, it's but be it's be not changed the child. script.
0: <laughs> um, I, I, mean, I don't know about that, but, you uh, know... Be, yeah. <laughs>
1: maybe, oh, right, it, imagine it would it make it was definitely actually... the ending a lot more grim uh, than it oh, already God, yeah. is. Um, yeah. We're going to reach that point. But, yeah, yes. so... He also has a moment where I think around that same time where he talks to a fish, and um, and it's really funny because the fish really looks like he's listening, like in the way yeah. it's being shot. Like again, it's not it's not an amazing scene but it's like, yeah. oh, the fish does does a decent job, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like
0: of, of being a, a scene partner with like a ac- one best actor in the whole film next to the child, it's like, <laughs> you, you, like just kid like, and a goldfish exactly you know? like and
1: and most annoying character or at least most creepy idiots um yeah a, in a movie that year definitely michael wong could yeah pass. um yeah so after that we move on to uh him essentially being uh well kind thrown of off the building yeah exactly oh, okay, okay, but, like yeah, yeah, that as well. only you're hanging by a one um uh, one uh rope hanging yeah. from the leg that he's been shot shot on he, um, shot at, yeah yeah so pretty painful if there was for real um definitely yeah. not something you'd recover from but then he does this incredible jump yeah um so not well, only does well, he kind of redeem himself because he's like oh no like yeah if i if, if michelle tries to save me she's yeah. gonna die yeah so i would better just die which is i mean pretty Impressive, it's an incredible yeah. decision. If it wasn't real, so yeah, it really... I mean, yeah,
0: I that's why I questioned Weaver. That is, te- is that technically fridging still? Because, I, I mean, know. yeah, because it is a self-sacrifice because he it does because it's it is kind of like, oh, well, because he it's agents he, because he dies under his own accord. Yes. is that technically fridging? But it still does the same thing in that it provides Show exactly. you the motivation to, you know, um get revenge yeah because after
1: yeah. that it's followed by michelle you like act and re- a really good piece of acting where you can yeah. see her being very emotional and yeah. like you know given being given sort of quote-unquote motivation to yeah. uh, to reach the the conclusion but that particular fall really really super impressive yeah. who, very who, well whoever shot did, out. Who,
0: the stump man who whoever which whoever stump man who actually did that fall t- you know t- like in ten out of ten, should have been given an award, you know himself. I I don't think I don't know who who was named. I don't. I have researched it. I I could not find the name of the stuntman who actually did that for. But yeah, whoever you Tom, are, you did a top job because because yeah, Tom
1: Cruise. If Tom Cruise watches this, he, 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 that's gonna give him goosebumps. And it's yeah. Tom Cruise. Like he's done. He's done stuff. And yeah, yeah, exactly. I think you'd probably even worse from the perspective of somebody who's done stunts. You look at this and thinking, "How yeah. do you do
0: this? How, yeah. um... how? How? What was? What would be the logistics of actually just doing yeah. this? You know, know kind yeah, of Because thing. you can Sorry.
1: really clearly see him fall from that building, yeah, like, and it's, it's
0: clearly a, a person because the way he like the the stuntman like waves his like arms oh, yeah. and legs, and you know, yeah, And it's nineteen eighty
1: six, you know, it's not like yeah. you can you know CGI somebody like going like, "Ooh, yeah, like, no, exactly. no, no." So you can really, really see that. So very, very impressive and very memorable scene. Which then um, it is also kind of the least sexist moment in the movie because you know, if in a sexist movie, that would be the the woman, and in that case, it's Michael Wong. So yeah, uh, yeah, you know, it, it, you know, yeah. Thing.
0: So they still fridged, but it's it, it subverts its own fridging with another fridging that you know it's <laughs> kind of it's kind of strange, you know, in that sense, you know, and kind of somewhat ahead of its time in that yeah, sense. So. Sort of.
1: And then yeah. also another quick shot that could have been done by Jonito, where it is by somebody who has a clue about, like, giving some gravitas. Because yeah. the uh, shot where Yingbei has, like, a Smith & Wesson, so it's, like, kind of a Dirty Harry gun. Like, yeah. Perky yeah. Model 29 was the was the, the thing that Dirty Harry uses. So, like, oh, okay, really then. long. Yeah, I've Googled that. That's what came up. I don't know how true that is, but that kind of Smith uh, uh, Wesson-looking gun, Um, it really feels like a shot from Dirty Harry. And on the Eureka Blu-ray, they have actually uh, drawn on one side that particular shot of um, Yingbei yeah. Um, holding the gun and, like, the perspective where you see the, the gun from the front and then mm. in there at the back. Uh, nice. it's, it's a nice shot. It, it could easily be done, again, by a second unit director. So mm. potentially Jonito doing this and doing a slight nod. Because yeah. uh, also one of the things that makes me think that might be Jonito doing this is that there's a short interview with um, uh, John Sham. Um, oh, in okay, uh, the bonus, yeah, you can hear him talk about uh, production work in general. Oh, and, wow, okay, um, then, yeah. So it's it's pretty interesting. But he yeah. talks about him being and Suyak being more influenced at the time by more um sixties and seventies movies, uh, and less American stuff. And oh, this particular scene okay. feels very American. So it could yeah. have been just Johnny being there and having yeah. more of those influence. Although Janito also is very influenced by uh, French cinema. Jacques yes. Tati uh, oh, yeah, shines absolutely. quite a lot in, in, his, yeah. in his movies. And I'm sure he's like, he knows all the Jaime um, stuff and all that. Yes. Like that's, that's part of his repertoire. But yeah, so this particular shot really stands out. And then after that we got uh the slow-mo scene where Michelle Yeoh escapes from an explosion and um got this really good piece of acting which is probably the only time where she gets in this movie she gets yeah. to do to shine her um a presence um in a in a more dramatic manner because yeah. yeah most of the other actors don't really get that chance at yeah. all in the script.
0: It's such a fast-paced uh film there isn't really a lot of room a lot of breathing room to actually showcase any sort of, I'm going to use the word depth, you know, not to like disregard yeah. the film, but it's like it because of the type of film it is. It's it moves at a fast pace and it wants to get to the action. Like like with the sort of like the melodrama with the Hiroki Sanada's wife and daughter. It's like they want to they use, they use basically like over the top melodrama to establish the <clears throat> you know the stakes for him when they actually are eventually killed off because it's like I'm going to avenge there. <laughs> I'm going to avenge their deaths and to give a bit more
1: credit also to, to the movie because that, there's that one point uh, in that scene where they play out at least something in the script that was well written that he went out in Tony oh um, not in Tony Wong but Michael Wong went out yeah. to buy some flowers for Michelle yeah um, before that's true he passes away and then yeah. when after his death yeah she comes back to her flat and then she gets the delivery of flowers yeah. from him yeah uh, which was a bit of a dick move yeah, when he did it at first and then yeah. before he's dead it's, it's a good gut punch and it's like yeah. oh that's that's well thought out so
0: yeah.
1: it doesn't redeem the character in the fact that he, he was kind of a bit of a dick no. but it, it
0: makes it to be honest with you it makes it more complex like even yeah. though yeah it, it's like the, even though, I don't know. At least their
1: relationship. It doesn't make necessarily yeah. him more complex, but he's not a lot
0: more. It, well, the way I guess the way I should have phrased it is like, you know, even though Michelle Yip, like, I was gonna, I'm was, i going to throw this question to you. Do you think Michelle Yip actually had any sort of affection towards no. that character? No,
1: um, affection as a friend. And yeah. in the sense that they went through something um pretty traumatic together yeah. in that plane. Yeah. And so they have a bond. And yeah. I think she has respect for that bond yeah. and we is as a person because although she's seen him being a bit like creepy with her, she yeah. also knows that he's a selfless guy yeah. ready to, yeah. to defend so- values that they have in common. And I mean, I she, think that's probably why they have a relationship, yeah. but not romantic. Just it's not friend. romantic.
0: It's basically it's basically a brother and sister. Like she, exactly. I think she even says it at one point. She's like, "Oh, she's my he's my little brother," you know, mm. I kind of think. So I think I think that's the relationship. So there is definitely like care towards the character, but yeah, not the each other's back. Yeah, it's not um, a romantic. And it relationship.
1: doesn't go further than that, but it is still um. something. And um, yeah. yeah the, the the flowers essentially is not just is not more of a oh I should should have been nicer and we just have dated It's more of a oh, he really was kind of kind behind that yeah. that kind of idiocy. Yeah. yeah. Um so that's that's something. Um but it also leads to the funeral scene and then to the grimmest stones I've ever seen in an action movie <laughs> where not they don't kidnap anyone living, but the guy goes oh, and yeah gets oh, the yeah. grave and he gets the coffin Yeah, and haunts Michel Yeo by saying like, hey, you need to go there. Come get me so you me. can save your friend. Go, you, know? you can save your friend. You can pick the, gr- the coffin back again. This is the stuff death metal songs are written about. And that's what it is. Is the stuff you you watch this and think like he's taunting them with the coffin of her yeah. dead friend? That's that's extreme. Yeah, but it leads then to the, the justification, final. perhaps, yeah. yeah, for the yeah. final scene where Michelle Yeoh goes full Mad Max. Yeah, She's yeah. At the so Matt that Max cosplay and the armored car that looks yeah. like a tank.
0: Yeah, a I was tank.
1: like that kind of.
0: To be honest, that kind of came out of nowhere for me. There. Absolutely. From... There's
1: no justification <laughs> at any point. She doesn't even meet at any point a mad scientist that goes like, Oh, I do something to A good. mad scientist just
0: miraculously oh, appears. Yeah, she's just like...
1: <laughs> Because that's where you get in the street is like Chanel and like Chanel outfit that's ready for combat. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and some tank like your car, your cup car that you can transform into a tank. Like, yeah, it's like
0: the A-Team. Did you call the A-Team for this? I, like, I, you know, I, I, I half expected that tank to turn into a transformer. <laughs> you know, easily. Like that's... That's, and would, <laughs> that would have been like, hey, all
1: right, that's yeah. fine. Fair enough. Um, but it's great like it's a fantastic scene so we yeah. we also get and it's, um, it's also
0: interesting that we see Hiroki Sanada and Michelle yes. Yeoh kind of switch roles at this because at that point Hiroki Sanada's character literally he 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 got what he wanted he avenged the death of his wife and uh, kid but now at this point so he's kind of like his character literally reverts to the beginning of the film that, that state of the beginning of the film whereas Michelle Yeoh's character literally was like I've incorporated your
1: Your grieving
0: process, you know, this is my mad so I'm going to go out, so yeah. Yeah,
1: but then she really goes all out, because then he's like in that construction site, um, which is a really terrible idea. I mean, for storing explosives, yes, but for fighting an unmoved car, that's a terrible (laughs) place. And she destroys that house and makes it collapse in such an enjoyable way. It's just like, you're like, yes, go to hell. And then... When you think like, oh, that's it. It's the end. No, they have a chainsaw fight. Yeah. The kind of that stuff fight. that's it like gives. Resident Evil 7 yes. was like written based <laughs> oh on this. Like, it's like, you're looking at this going like, oh, okay. I've seen this is like end of chapter two in Resident Evil 7. Right. Okay, yeah. Yes, yeah. I get
0: yeah, it. yeah. Yeah. But this is like the final sequence. And I got to say, and this going back to like, um, what I mentioned about how this action is, it's, like there's nothing fancier about this fight scene. It's no. basically two people wanting, unrelentingly, trying to rage. kill each other. And yeah. you know, and I like the fact that in one in one of the shots, you get to see during the panic or during the struggle, you see Michelle Yeoh actually trip over like a wooden uh, piece on the floor. It's just it adds. It, it, it's like it's. It's not, but you know, it's, it adds to the sort of chaotic and sort of unpredictable nature. Of the There's nothing fanciful. They're not showing off. They just, when, they, yeah. Go ahead. When we were talking about uh, John Week Four at the beginning, the yes. thing with John
1: Week Four and all the John Week movies that they're essentially ballet. Yeah. What you're watching is a very tightly choreographed dance where. Yeah. People shoot at each other and fall apart. But essentially, it's just ballet. Whereas when you look at this, it just looks like people going at each other's throats. And you really think like, okay, what's the condition on this where you're like, Did it just tell you, like, okay, like, this is the general choreography and just, like, we're going to keep a few hits and misses because that's going to make it more real? Mm. Do you want a movie like this that's supposed to be enjoyable, uh, like, entertainment to feel, quote-unquote, more real? I don't know. It's a a a very strange move.
0: It's um, a very dour fight, if you think about it. Like, there's nothing really... I quote unquote enjoyable about it if you know what I mean you know kind of I mean I on this
1: technical level
0: on the technical um, level, I can enjoy it you know kind yeah, of thing You know, but, but, but it's, it's in, pretty in terms of, grim as yeah. a tone piece as a tone piece it's a really grim fight and there was actually one point in the fight where Bai Ying actually throws Michelle Yeoh or her stunt double I don't know I'm not entirely sure if it is airs actually Michelle Yeoh when he when her characters oh, yeah. towards like this massive pole and i'm like i like literally felt that kind of thing you know? yeah like, there's oh, this
1: when you think michelle you actually retired for a bit of time after a third movie you're thinking yeah, like yeah. well there's That's a reason why. Yeah, I, would right. <laughs> like, I would have retired after this i mean she's gone like ballet she's yeah. gone she's miss malaysia like she's yeah, yeah, yeah. she's all right you're all right, all right i'm girl. done i'm done you don't guys. have to be thrown by by, by terrible man if you don't want to yeah the fact that she gave recognition during an Oscar um speech to uh, the uh, Hong Kong family like yes. you thinking well yeah you think it also all those people you you were working with at the beginning of your career and it's yeah. yes, i mean respects but also yeah those those were tough movies they weren't they were oh, easy
0: absolutely yeah, yeah, yeah you can t- yeah and I, i'm like you said i'm i'm with you there i'm really surprised that she went off and like did like magnificent warriors because it's like after this film like i'm not entirely sure if i want to do any more yeah, especially and with I,
1: that director i don't know if he was there or whatever but yeah that's yeah. not it's not a good choice but yeah, yeah. whatever happens is that after this really fi- big fight scene then we get the obligatory oh he's dead but he's not and then and then yeah. there's this whole big explosion where she has to escape on a cart
0: yeah. dragging the
1: coffin of a friend. Yeah. It's really extreme. <laughs> and there's all those explosions and again like the safety is definitely something that should have been more considered yeah they were, this they were definitely
0: i i was like i wonder who did the pyrotechnic techniques of that because it's like those explosions look really close to the actors exactly. or the they stuff people. yeah the
1: whole cutting down like the whole tension obviously is like okay you you cut it out and then when um she like picks up iruki Sagara um to get on the cars. obviously (laughs) they like if you look at the shot like they slow down at that point you can tell you you can
0: tell but you know I I could suspend my disbelief if I could suspend my disbelief on the airplane sequence I could do it here it's fine (laughs) you know
1: but after that the last shot where you see them getting away and everything explodes yeah it's it's pretty close it's pretty (laughs) pretty
0: close so yeah
1: we again that's an incredible ending so to a movie that is more coherent than yes, madam.
0: Yeah, it's a more it's a more confident piece. Yes, like, like it, like the the central focus. Like I like Michelle Yeoh was definitely the focus on Yes, madam. But I feel like she was really the central focus for this film as well, in that she, she appears in was, every scene. But yeah. she
1: could have been given more scenes, in my opinion. I think I think okay, they then. they do like again. There's two men. Were with her and they could have yeah. combined those those two characters into one uh, i you know what disregard, i kinda, disregard disregard completely the the, the the guy being a dick and like yeah just focus on someone Sa- 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 who does a much better job anyway and it's more me, interesting
0: yeah i think for me you can probably like take away michael one's character altogether yeah. really you don't need to exactly. you don't need him to be a quote-unquote romantic interest i think what they had already was fine enough you know exactly they could Um,
1: build up a lot more the relationship with the with the wife and kid if they don't kill them off and get them kidnapped like something like makes make something happen that's a bit less violent than than what we had but For what it is, it's a pretty solid movie. It's it's quite impressive. I'd say it's quite good.
0: Having reached the end, I think we're at the end of this film now, which do you prefer, uh, Yes Madam or Royal Warriors?
1: That's a difficult question. I don't know, actually, because they both have their strengths and weaknesses. I don't know if I prefer any of the two. I think they're both equally just as good. Yeah.
0: Yes they both madam, have their own they both have their own flaws but i think their yeah. flaws are very different in yeah, absolutely. some respects. yeah Yes
1: madam is a bit of a mess uh but at the yeah. same time the the director has more of a style he, mm-hmm. he does a lot more adventurous stuff mm-hmm. uh it's it's more of a mess in terms of the story but in terms of the the way it's shot it, it's more yeah. coherent I think it's trying um, to
0: do too much with yeah, in Yes absolutely. madam Yeah
1: absolutely it's less success movie. It's a quite progressive movie for for, its, for, for the time. Yeah, um, yeah. It has two uh, women as lead. Uh, Cynthia Rothrock does an amazing job yeah, in this. That's true. And she's really it's, yeah. memorable. It's her first acting job too. She's really, really completely uh, into it. She's yeah. really, really good. Michelle is perfect also. So it, the movie really works well, despite the fact that you spend too much time with the three stooges. Yeah. In this one, you spend a bit too much time with the men too. Um, mm. But no one really has something going on in terms of the character development at all. Right. Um, but it's more coherent. And the action mm-hmm. scenes, despite all the problems that come up when you look at it and think, like, oh that looks dangerous. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, as a visual treat, it's amazing. Yes. Like, if, like, now that we know everybody's alive, you know, mm. and everybody <laughs> had pretty impressive lives and yes. nobody, you know, far suffer- suffered from any illness or, or injuries that were long lasting. I mean, I hope no, no stunned people uh, did suffer from this movie. Yes. But it's, it's perfect for what for it is. It's, mm. it's a miracle. Like there is a lot of movies where you're like, oh, that's a miracle. Yeah. Like that, that you captured that, that yeah, it's, it's in a nutshell, if you want to see an action movie in a Hong Kong action movie, because you heard that they were, quite over the top and that yeah. they were taking liberties with the, the way action scenes were, would be shot in American movies where there would be mm. a lot more safety where you, you you take more precautions well that would be a perfect example of that um, yeah. and it's a very well done one it's a bit too violent at times but never yeah. to the point where it's gory or makes you no, comfortable it's, it's, it's a bit much but it's
0: it's okay yeah okay then. interesting interesting. what, I, did I, you, what I, do you think I so I I totally agree with what you say. I think for me, I think I lean towards Royal Warriors largely because it's a more coherent experience. Yes. Whereas uh, with Yes Madden, it it was less of a coherent experience because you you do jump from yeah. Michelle Yeoh and Sylvia Robins character with the sort of the three Stooges character, and that's what, for my, in my mind, kind of lets it down for me. Whereas here, it's like. Yes, I understand the flaws and you know and I think those flaws are completely valid but I think for me as a an experience as a whole because it's more cohesive and more coherent I prefer Royal Warriors slightly more. In terms of choreography I do like I did because I did watch them back to back, you know, in oh, the podcast and you know I did notice that actually the action I kind of do enjoy the fanciful choreography of like the yes Ma- of yes, madam, c- compared to the chaoticness in yeah. There's a lot uh, more flourish. Like it feels yeah. more like ballet in yeah. yes, madam, whereas like, this feels there's... like more
1: just like yeah, I'm gonna kill you. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah, like you don't get moments where you know you get like uh, we mentioned this uh, like little character moment where. Dick Way's character kicks Rock in, you know, at the Never regions. and literally was like, "Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to." And then you know, yes, Ruffrock kicks him back. It was like, "Oh, I, <laughs> you know, oh, I'm sorry, but I did mean it." You know, you do, you don't get those moments. No, there's no comedy that, at all. Yeah, it's, exactly. It's a very it's, dour feel. If you it's think the, of, you know. it's
1: the noir movie that yes, madam aspired to be in some f- yeah. F- fun times.
0: Yeah, definitely. So. Yeah, so I'm I'm definitely leaning towards ro- Royal Warriors, even though I, you know, I understand the reason why it's actually hard. You know, I mean, I think it, it's I think it's one of those cases where it depends on <laughs> the time of the day. It's like I yeah, may prefer It depends on the I sensibility don't. too. But yeah. I, I'd
1: suggest picking up the two. Like oh yeah, if you can pick up the 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 cutfold to pick up the, those two blu rays they're really yeah. well done yeah um the co- the new covers are cool I kind of like mm-hmm. uh, the old school covers too, but you know they yeah, they, yeah. they also are available underneath, so there's like a reversible jacket you can get yeah. the new one and the old one, so it's it's pretty cool and um yeah there's like some good burn material um I don't know if, don't see any there yeah, there's some the documentary too, so that's cool too oh okay um, nice, nice but yeah it's
0: it's it's a really good reissue. Yeah, yeah, I, uh, I will probably will. I don't know. <laughs> I at some probably point. might get those at some point. It's just I have the original DVDs and I yeah. watch them to death. But at the same time, it's like they are very attractive packages. So you know, I'm, I, I'm gonna update sooner or later. But you know, not not in the near future. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no reason. Money's tight. Money's tight, guys. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> we, we all know that. We all know that. Yeah. yeah.
1: Um. So I guess that's the end. Unless there's something else you want
0: to add? No, uh, nothing, nothing to add. Uh, cool. Go watch it. People. Uh, you yes. will enjoy it. Uh, in terms of our next episode,
1: Ooh, good um, we
0: don't know what, yet. We don't know yet. Uh, I'm thinking let's switch things up and fi- and maybe do like a, because we have actually talked about it briefly, uh, prior to the recording and we were like yes. thinking, Oh, let's do what, what films are we going to do because let's switch it up. And, Maybe do a samohong yeah, piece. Looks, you know? Maybe. I'm up for that. I'm up for that. Yeah. Well we can talk later, you know, we we'll definitely uh we'll definitely put something up. You know, there will sure. be an episode three. It's just yes. deciding what episode three will actually focus Coming soon on. in yeah. your
1: podcast, wherever you, you get them. Yeah, yeah, um, indeed. indeed. Thank you for listening.
0: Yeah, thank you, and everyone. Hope you enjoy it, and do uh, leave us
1: some comments, um, and we'll put our contact details in the description of the episode. Yes, and uh, do give us some feedback on wherever you get your podcast because that's always helpful. Yeah, just um,
0: you know, let us know you know which part you think is like rubbish, and we'll we'll, we'll <laughs> sort it out to the best of our abilities.
1: <laughs> All right. Have
0: a good one. All right.
1: Bye. Bye. Bye.